<laughs> these magazines. Uh, Challenge the called. Imperial Scrolls of Honor podcast, a non-denominational retro video gaming podcast. I am Josh Folan. And I am Jeff Burns. And we are going to be talking about the formative years of console gaming by going through the periodicals that covered it again, even on Easter. Uh, before we get started, uh, a little bit of housekeeping shit. If you've listened to us before and you have yet to do it, please click stop on the app you're listening to this baby on right now and at least rate, if not write, an actual review for the podcast. It helps this thing get discovered by other people immensely, and we would very much appreciate it, and it would be your Easter gift to us, even if you don't celebrate Easter. (laughs) Uh, If you've never listened before, uh, we're okay with you waiting to remind you again at the end, but otherwise, please do. Thank you. And on to the episode, a magazine episode, and we will be covering Sega Challenge 1, 2, and 3 today. Uh, we downloaded these from archive.org. Please do the same and follow along if you would like. Uh, and I guess you know, the first thing, uh, I, I kind of want to add the disclaimer that, or say the disclaimer that I have never once touched a Sega Master System console or emulated version of a game. Uh, Jab, have you ever... <laughs> fucked with the Sega Master System before? <laughs> no, not at all. I never. I don't think I've even ever seen one. Like, it, not actually in person. Right. I mean, I'm sure. I probably have. I'm sure I have it. Like, you know, I've been to like video game conventions and shit like that. Right. Uh, so I'm sure I've seen them. But yeah, I've never seen. I don't know if I've ever touched one in action for sure. Um, um, or even rather, seen one in action. But I, I'm absolutely certain I've never played one. Um, yeah, definitely so, not yeah. played one on my end either. Right, so this is very much a, uh, a I don't know, what's <laughs> a first-time experience. Seeing, seeing and really understanding or getting an understanding of all this shit is very much a first-time experience for me, uh, yeah. and I guess Jab too. So, so this will be interesting and very different, I think, than our ride through Nintendo periodicals, uh, at least early on. We had, we had Genesis, uh, but not, not Sega Master System. Right. So, and I had my own little disaster in all of this too. So, um, right, we'll, yeah, we'll get to it. which impeded your progress, right? right. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, and that that, that affects it. I, I use, I downloaded and used used Fusion and recommended Jab too. I'm assuming that's what you downloaded for for yep. emulation when you get to it, uh, which seemed to be the hot shit for all early Sega gaming, and I think that reputation held up as I played the games, just as a you know. Um, if you're if you're curious about about what Sega emulator, that's the one it seems, and, and it worked great for me. Um, so in my initial discovery of this newsletter, uh, I found a really cool or really cool set of pictures of the welcome letter packet that Sega sent out to people who subscribe to the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will drop that into the show notes, and I thought this was the place that mentioning that goes. Um, it's really yeah, it's it's very similar to the the Nintendo one, you know, just like kind of welcoming you to the thing, and then it's like a it's a club idea. That's uh, the whole like the team Sega challenge is supposedly like a club of people that are Sega enthusiasts, and then this guy who is there version of 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 howie uh is kind of like the team commander and you know they, they made it a little bit more like uh i don't know it's almost like militaristic <laughs> <laughs> uh very uh prussian yeah, right 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 uh more so than the nintendo but uh same concept though and, and and there was some cool pictures of the initial welcoming stuff to it um that i'll i'll drop in the show notes but 
Um, the only other thing too, and it's funny that you also had computer issues, but I had previous the issue the previous episode I had issues with my burner laptop and it was completely dead. And uh, like I couldn't even get a repair menu or start it up in safe mode. Like it was just yeah, like oh, I mentioned, God, I like the same thing. Yeah, continuous death loop. It would just it would this the, the you'd turn the fucker on and it would say like, oh, it's fucked up. We're gonna try to repair something, and then it would just do that and say it was repairing something, and then it would go to a, a different screen and say it's fucked up. It's gonna start over again. And it was, was just a Windows just, laptop. Yes, Windows 8.1. Dude, I swear it must have been like a fucking update that they sent out or something because that ended up being my issue too. Like, whatever issue I had, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it can be caused from like a fucked up update. Right. So, you, have, yeah, well, you, have, you have 8.1 or you have – it's it's not 10? I have 10. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I, honestly, this one, I never even update. Well, I, it may do automatic updates. I'm not clocking. But uh, I think it, it was a combination of – uh, that Twitch fucking application. Like, I think the, the the Twitch streaming app is what crashed it initially. I think uh, is okay. is my. Granted, that's a hypothesis. That's not fucking, um, for certain. But peer reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So to fix the fucking thing, uh, which I did, I was able to repair this week, so I didn't have to bug you to download everything, which was nice. Uh, I it required. It's and like I said, it's hilarious that you mentioned this uh, pre-roll. Uh, <laughs> we, I, I had to create a boot disk on a USB stick because oh, the, the, I couldn't get like I tried to initially tried a CD-ROM uh, recovery disk that I downloaded off wherever the fuck, and I couldn't get it to work off a disk in the other computer. So uh, I read I could do it on a USB stick, so I did that, and I got got it to work, mounted it to the USB. Uh, I had to fiddle with a ton of bio settings to get it to like boot off the USB stick, which was a whole fucking process. And then once I got that to actually get me somewhere where I could fucking interact with the computer, <laughs> uh, yeah, I had I to com- give it some commands. Yeah I, yeah, I had to completely format the hard drive and then institute a new partition system before reinstalling Windows 8.1. So I did all that, and... It fucking worked, dude. And never have I felt more accomplished than I did mm-hmm. when Windows first fired up normally and operational. I've never felt like I achieved more. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had to do something similar to that. Like, I, I've fucked with partitions and hard drives before trying to get my computer working. And it's a good feeling when you get it going because it fucking sucks. It's not fun. Yeah, well, it sucks, but it's also, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's like, to me, it was such a real world problem. <laughs> Yeah, like that's a thing that like if you didn't have the confidence in yourself to figure it out, like you'd be taking that to a computer repairman and it paying 110 trash. bucks or something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. To do something, yeah, that I didn't, you know. Ultimately, maybe some extra, if you add in the research, maybe an hour. You know? <laughs> Not hard, but like enough to be like, man, maybe I should just fucking pay it and be done. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I had no confidence it was going to work throughout the whole process. Every step Oh, I yeah, got. like you're going through all this and you're like, in the end, I'm just going to get fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's never gonna work. Uh, but yeah, it's working. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I I could probably do something similar with mine, but I just am not in the mood to tolerate it. It's so. brand new, dude. If it's under warranty, make them give you the solution too, for sure. Dude. Yeah, and that's what ended up happening is they're just gonna send me a fucking USB drive with the shit that I need. My brand new computer shit out on me for right, all my yeah, I guess out there. Say that. Um, I was trying to read these fucking, which is uh, way more, which is way more serious than your burner laptop. Fucking you yeah, so I'm back on my old laptop that fucking sucks. <laughs> it's a wreck. I know I need, I need to like be honest with myself about my computer practices and like I end up buying the cheapest computer because I really just want to use it to browse the internet and play games from like 1996. 
it's not that fucking much to ask, but apparently it is. And I just need to be honest with myself. And instead of buying the $350 computer, I should probably just buy the $500 computer and yep, fucking be definitely dude. Definitely. Like that's what I did before. And it fucking worked great like years ago. And, um, ever since then I've not been doing that and I've been paying the price ever since. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, I, you know, I, I like, I have to do, I edit fucking my films on my fucking laptop. So I got to buy like mine's a fucking, I don't even, it's Republic, Republic of Asus, Republic of Gamer. It's like a, it's like a high-end gaming laptop, even though I don't game, I don't, I don't high-end game. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, I low-end game, but I needed to, yeah, for work shit. Uh, So I have like a really, really fucking, you know, fucking top of the line deal. And it it is, it is a beautiful thing, dude. Like it, it runs all this shit beautifully. It never gives me any fucking problem. I'll probably say this and it'll crash while we're doing this, but uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, we talked about that aggravation thing. Like, you know, it's yeah. If if you want to minimize the number of times you go, why the fuck is my life like this? Yeah. If you pay a little bit more money for your technology, you say that way fewer or way, way less. less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We were trying to do um, uh, me and my buddies in March. We were trying to do our March sadness thing, and we were going to do our bracket of emo bands on a computer and then HDMI it to the TV. And my buddy, uh, Andy, he just – the computer is – it's fucking brand new, but it's so slow it wouldn't even run like Adobe Acrobat or some shit. And he was <laughs> so pissed off. Livid, yeah. But he couldn't like necessarily express it because like it's you know he's just it's my shit he's just got to deal with it but right. he's not happy <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah the long short a brand new computer couldn't run fucking adobe acrobat you've got a problem so yeah, i need to yeah. just have a come to jesus moment and fucking spend <laughs> the extra 150 and be done with it, it. and what better day to do that than easter uh what uh so what are you playing now <laughs> um i'm playing what 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 am i playing i played uh i've been playing civ 4 um different styles of game i usually play like this very particular kind of game long on a huge map with a bunch of opponents. Um, Terra is the game setting. You do the huge map. Yeah. Typically I I like, I don't, I don't like to go the absolute biggest. I I like to have some time to develop because I am much, I am, I am not militaristic and I, just want to build so i do want some buffer between me and everyone else and be able to grow a little bit before i have to deal with other civilizations but if you do right. huge it's a fucking there's just so many people that it's fucking a nightmare late in the game <laughs> yeah that's that's the only fucking style that i played for a long time and this past couple times i've been playing uh archipelago maps tiny archipelago maps so the games i think my game lasted four hours i was the carthaginians which like seemed like cheating looking back but uh <laughs> you know when there's a bunch of water you're the water people so uh, played that and... and also just just a uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna well I don't know I guess maybe not did you did you bump into people earlier than you traditionally do doing that because of the land layout yeah absolutely I, I okay. mean because like, you you get a ship out pretty quick and then just hit explore and there's so many islands that like you can always go coast to coast and even uh, your tri I think I actually circumnavigated the globe with a trireme. Whew. Yeah, that's awesome. But if, yeah, yeah, but having yeah, having a, if you're gonna if you're if you're on a map like that where you're bumping into people early, it's obviously an advantage to pick a uh, civilization that has an early advantage unit. You know, right? Like the Americans, like not great because all their shit is late. Right. Um, but then again, like even the Car- the Carthaginians' unique building was good for water, obviously, and uh, their traits were good for being near water. So, but their fucking unique unit, Numidian cavalry, is. Worthless in a water map, right? Yeah. What are you gonna do? But I still won. So, um, and I played some other. I did something. I can't remember what the hell I've been doing. Nothing exciting, obviously. 
rebooting your computer over and over again more uh, more than anything. <laughs> yeah, fucking uh, just. Uh. Anyways, what are you playing? Uh, I played some more Overcooked too. Kind of did that. Uh, Mario Odyssey. I'm up to 160 moons. Uh, like I got out of that island water world I was in into a snow and ice one, and then I actually started backtracking and, and going back. Your your challenge from your buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what did he have? 400 or something. 400. Yeah, it made me think that I I'm probably missing some from early on. So I was like, and I, and I also was I was kind of at a place that was frustrating me. So I was like, I'll just go back. And Might as well go back, right? Get get some old moons that I had passed over. Didn't I? Yeah, I mean, it, like it occurred to me. You know, you can buy one from the shops in every level. I didn't even realize you could do that till I was four or five levels in. So right. So that you was, missed that all was a, those. Yeah, super easy moon. I could go. And there's a bunch of them that from the early on that I didn't even you know. I, I don't have a frame of reference for like you're at 160. Like I don't know what the fuck that means, but. But the the best frame of reference I have is that Adam has four hundred. Right. Well, that like, that's that seems like a I'm lot. Using. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I again, I, I'm not, I'm not googling and finding out like anything about the game whatsoever. I'm totally experiencing it as I go. Uh, so I don't know where I'm at, but I I would think I got to be kind of late in the game as far as the stage progression goes. Right. Um, uh, you know, I'm fucking. It's I'm pretty far. I've been through a lot of levels. Uh. Anyhow, so yeah, fucking fuck with that a little bit. Uh, up to 69% Red Dead of the story now. I want it to end so badly, but not quite badly enough to, to not play. It's so, <laughs> it's so. I think I was like that with Bioshock, where like I really wanted to see it through, but like I was enjoying myself, so I didn't. Me and my buddy Evan talk about this sometimes, where we're like, we like these games so much, we don't want them to end, but that's fucking stupid. Right. Like right. we we, well, we talk about like actually not finishing games because we don't want it to end, which is but that, crazy. that that's not that's the different situation. That's I want this I to end, so, yeah. but the story's just good enough to keep me from fucking. And it's also like it's not even just it's just good enough. It's like it's such a not complex, but such a lengthy, in depth game story wise that like even trying to plod through it is a it. If you didn't want it to end, you'd be in heaven because it fucking takes forever. <laughs> Right, I, and and how else can that? How else can like that situation end but in disappointment? Right, right, right. Like right, that's right. you're gonna finish the game and be like, eh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I I, I have a that the, the idea of like like checking boxes, dude. Like I am a very uh, I don't keep physical checklists because I hate physical anything uh, as far as record keeping goes. But uh, but the idea of checking boxes and getting to the bottom of a list is a very satisfying thing to me. So if I'm able to do that with it, I will get some satisfaction regardless of how how much it pains me uh, to go through the process. Yeah, let us know in about a month how that turns out for you. I feel like you're not going to enjoy it. If if I am done in a month, I will be sh- surprised and thrilled. Um more importantly than any of that shit, though, I cracked Metroid back open last night. Uh, just got a hair at my ass, dude. And I was totally right about Kraid not being where I should be heading. That boss that I was like, oh, I should be. I thought that's where I should go. I was wrong. Uh, there's an area called Norfair that I thought was part of the other mini bosses lair area, but it's not. It's like right before it. And I didn't clock that my first glance at the map. So once I cracked it back open and started really fucking around and trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, I realized that, headed there, and that's where the high jump boots and the screw attack are. Um, and I got those, and that let me go back and get basically the body armor, the barrier suit, uh, in the first area. And with all those things, dude, it was a whole new fucking game. After okay. That. And, uh, I mean, the screw attack in particular is such a game changer, dude. It, is a, it makes it a completely different, completely different game. And Way more manageable, I take it. Way more manageable. 
so much more enjoyable. And like, I mean, if I had gotten that when I was a kid, I think I probably would have stuck with it. And this would be like a nostalgia trip and not a first time experience because, right. uh, yeah, it was a completely different game. So much more fucking enjoyable. I mean, I ended up in a matter of maybe a couple of hours. Um, I'm up to 170 missiles. I got six energy tanks. I beat both Ridley and Kraid, both mini bosses. Uh, which were not terribly hard. I kind of just fucking steamrolled into them because <laughs> uh, I am using the map. Like you know, it's like I said before, I'm using the map, so I'm able to get all the things. And I think uh, you know, on top of what we've talked about gameplay wise, this game it, without the map would be really, really fucking challenging. Mm. Um, and I am I am circumventing that difficulty. You know, um, obviously still to deal with the gameplay stuff, but. Um, it'll knowing where everything is basically makes it uh, it's somewhat of just a process. Uh, once you have those things and the gameplay thing kind of goes away, mm-hmm. um, it, it's kind of just a flow chart of pick this up, pick that up, go to there, get another missile, get another energy tank, you know, um, which is somewhat of a cheap thing, but it's because I it was so hard in my mind, it's actually still enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, really rocking. Fucking rock. Basically I, I, I tried to, I'm at the end, man, I'm at fucking mother brain and like the, the final sequence and, um, it's fucking hard, man. At the end of the game is really fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm to the point, like I did it probably a half dozen, uh, times last night. Uh, and I'm to the point where I kind of, you basically just ice beam all those fucking Metroids that come at you. Uh, and they, if they get a hold of you, dude, they just literally, they suck like a fucking, um, uh, what are those things? The fucking things in the water? What are they called? Uh, leeches. They're like a leech. There's lots they just, of things in the water. Well, <laughs> the things that just suck your blood. I'm saying. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just like basically latch onto you, over top of you, and just just fucking suck life out of you. Just fast suck as fuck. you dry. You got a bomb out of them. So if, I mean, if you even get hit by one, it's gonna really uh, fuck you up in the long run. Getting down to mother brain because the room with her is super fun. There's like so much shit flying at you. Oh, so this is before the final boss. Yeah. There's like a whole stretch. You like, you go down to this area. Like there, yeah, the, the end of the game is like a stretch. It's the end of the game is a run. It is not, uh, it is not just a boss. (laughs) It's like, you go through this whole hallway. It's like, probably four or five different long rooms uh, that are filled with these Metroid things. And you got to freeze them and you're basically, you're not even killing them. You're just freezing them and running from them. Um, and then you get to the end and the end room is like, I don't even know how to describe it, dude. It's just a jumble. I mean, the, you know, the, I'm sure, I'm sure it's not just my emulator. I'm sure it did this on NES too. Uh, it slows, like there's so much shit going on that it you get slows slowed down. down. Right. So it's just like, there's shit everywhere. Uh, these little fucking rings fly out of these things everywhere. And there's these, guns shooting beams at you uh it is just yeah uh, just a fuck storm and then you're on top of that there's like this platforming requirement where you gotta you gotta kill these you gotta like blow these little mini doors up in the room to get over to the left side where where the brain is and the the final one of those is like it's literally just like a one one uh sprite width thing you got to stand on to shoot the brain and there's shit flying at you from both directions, top, bottom, and left and right, uh, and at angles. Um, so the shit, it's knocking you off that little platform constantly. So you can't even really the challenge of the the brain does not attack you. It is just sitting there. Um, it's kind of like Contra, where you at the end where you got to like shoot that you know all the all the scorpions and shit are what are what coming in that heart at the very at the end of the first level. Mm-hmm. You gotta like just you're trying to shoot a, a thing that doesn't even attack you, but all the shit in the room is actually fucking your day up. Yeah, the difficulty of it uh, and, and avoiding that and dealing with it and then finding time to shoot. It is much harder than the first level of Contra for sure. Right. Uh, 
finding time to shoot that fucking brain. So, yeah, man, fucking, I don't know. Just, it, it, incredibly fun up to this point, and I got, you know, the, it, it is... I'm still enjoying it because it's not like a cheap difficulty. It is just very fucking hard. Um, so I haven't beat it yet, but um, yeah, like I did like half dozen cracks. Uh, I got I got kind of pissed off because I, I the last time I did it, I ran out of missiles. So like I was like I was kind of I had kind of figured it out, but my the way I figured it out made me drain all my missiles. So was I using to, missiles everywhere, right? Right. So I have to do something else basically. I think maybe I'm thinking maybe change to the the which is crazy that I have to change between guns in this room. But I think I might have to change between guns and freeze the little rings and then switch back to missiles to shoot the fucking brain. And that's really going to be the only way to have the ammo necessary to kill her ass. Um, but that's theoretical. I don't know for sure yet. Um, hmm. So yeah, I got pissed. Had fucking a pretty bad onset of Nintendo thumb. Put it down. But I will conquer her in a fair. I, actually, if you wouldn't have fucking made me get on early here, uh, I probably would have beat her this morning. <laughs> oh, you got something to look forward to after this. Yeah, if I had a few hours. So yeah, so that's what I'm playing. Long-winded, but I think the Metroid thing was had to be talked about because it was such a fucking breakthrough moment. <laughs> right, for sure. That kind of the... Well, I'm not going to go into that. Anyways, um, yeah, that's it, right. Yep, on the fucking uh, Sega Team channel, whatever the fuck it is, issue one. (laughs) (laughs) And that was Alex Kidd in the Miracle World, the underwater theme, uh, bringing us back... Uh, to get started on talking about these magazines, <laughs> these magazines, uh, challenge what the fuck is it called. It's, it, it's called the first issue, pre- premier issue, is called uh, Challenge Team Sega Newsletter. Yeah, it's a mouthful and does not flow well at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, and th- and they will they will yeah I mean they will figure that out and simplify it for the second uh, issue, which is good. Um, it's, it's okay to make mistakes as long as you learn from them. And I think challenge is actually not a bad magazine title, but it, it certainly does not convey what they are. No. Like, and I see what it, they're going for, but they just weren't quite there. Right. And, and, but that's fine. If you want to, uh, I mean, I guess you don't, you know, that kind of surname, you don't have to say that. And if you just call it challenge, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably not a great way to like introduce yourself. Right. Like once you were established in this, like then it might not be so bad. But yeah, you're kind of right. Not and and, Se- and Sega's already fighting from behind anyway. So right. Um, so yeah. So this this first uh, premiere issue, as I mentioned, is uh, has a legit looking screenshot. Like it's like on a, you know, they've, the the idea is that you're on a team, and they are trying to bring. This is a video game. This is about video games, which is like again one of those things that like. Very straightforward and duh to us present day, but back then there were no it was you know video game magazine video games at all were not a prominent well known thing necessarily and video game magazines even less so <laughs> so right. so like establishing what with the, especially with their title that's kind of a little convoluted <laughs> uh, was very important and I think a good design decision for the for this um, uh, initial cover here and it, yeah I mean it's you know it's like I said it's an actual screenshot which is cool as opposed to just some sort of art which. Uh, Nintendo did, you know, Nintendo used used art. They did not try to fucking. They, well, they didn't. Even, their first fucking cover was not even a cover. Um, granted, that was before this. So, you know, Sega's playing. You know, they're 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 second to the game here, so they have that luxury as far as like making a better decision. Um, but still, uh, right, and they can kind of follow and learn from what 
Nintendo Fun Club did, exactly. which they did. I mean, like, yeah, well, well, we'll they get into it. Did. They, they, they no basically question. like <laughs> they were like, we want to make a video game magazine. How should we do that? And like, obviously, the first or the best idea in the room was like just formatted exactly like Nintendo, <laughs> <Club>. <laughs> right? Because right. that's what this is. Right, right. In many ways, many ways. Uh, so yeah, see, so you got that. You got that art. Uh, and then there's we get full. We get four bullet points on the cover here instead of three. So they're already trying to one up Nintendo. <laughs> right. uh, and yeah, the four here. They're pitching us uh, an iron-on patch. That was a thing back then. Iron-on patches. And they're still uh, a thing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I feel like that was something they gave away in a lot of stuff back then. It's not nearly as prominent now. Iron on patches. That's interesting. Well, maybe yeah. I'm not. I'm not claiming to be tapped into every uh, pop culture um, phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, second bullet point. What yes. is that? Raise Sick. your level of play with uh, tips from Sega experts. So that's right. like the uh, Nintendo Fun Club. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then they, they mentioned the Sega Scope 3D. What the fuck is that? I don't know. Uh, top five scores, which is not, you know, a, a, top, a high scores area is just like the worst selling point for anything, I think. It's definitely a throwaway. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, how they got their fourth bullet. Right, which is a total bullshit. Which is bullshit. Right, 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 right. Uh, so, yeah, so getting out of that, into the inside cover, you get a letter from Ron Elliott, who is the challenge team commander that I alluded to earlier on in the opening, and you get a t- uh, table of contents, too. Uh, the first thing I thought when I was looking at this was, his Siggy is better than Howie's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually looks like English. Right, much, much, much more legible, uh, <laughs> which was funny to me. Uh, so, so this letter, just as far as, like, formatting goes... Uh, is word with a lot of eyes, like I've included an iron-on patch. I'll send you a free T-shirt, etc. Which is a little pompous. I mean, first of all, because you're just in your title alone. You are a team commander. You should be team-minded. And I don't think you did anything. I think we did things. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, which I thought that an interesting. I don't know. It's just an interesting uh, writing choice for for this. Um, yeah, I don't know why they would have gone with that, but um, yeah, you definitely expect to see more of a we have enclosed blah right, blah right. blah. But right. yeah, what can you do? Um, and yeah, and I I also wonder if Ron felt inferior to Howie back then. Do you think maybe that is something behind the like it's an ego choice? Uh, um, I mean, I wonder if there was like ego going on in video games back then. Hey, bud. Uh, that would be funny if it was. I mean, it's, you know, Sega's I mean, are... It is a fucking competition. Yeah, without you know, a doubt. At the end of the day, the like... Console wars were a war even even then, even though it was so lopsided that there was really no war to it. Uh, Sega right. was definitely the, you know, the little red-headed stepchild. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And Ron Elliott would prefer you to buy his system and not NES, so, sure, uh, sure. yeah, I'm sure but, he but, did but, feel a bit but, of a challenge. But everyone was buying Howie's system, you know? Uh, right. I'm sure Howie had a better readership throughout this process. Uh, maybe even still today. Maybe today, Ron still has a complex about about Howie. It's very possible. He's got to be out there. We got to contact him. <laughs> we got to get in touch and, with and him. ask him honestly the most offensive question. One of the most <laughs> offensive questions you can ask like, "Hey, remember 20 years yeah. ago, did you feel inferior?" 20 years ago, jab. Or, or whatever. I mean, not <laughs> 30 years ago. 30. Uh, yeah. Or did you feel completely inferior to your counterpart? <laughs> right. And here's his Twitter handle if you want to talk to him about it. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Um, so at the bottom here, this is <clears throat> this is a notable thing. At the bottom of the page, there's a Tonka copyright notice, 
And I'm assuming, do you remember what Tonka, do you know slash remember what Tonka is? Oh, I remember my Tonka toys for sure. Precisely. It's a toy company that did the huge, most notably, in my opinion, anyways, maybe there were other things, but most notably, they did the huge metal construction vehicle toys that were fucking awesome. You know, the dump truck, which everybody kind of had. And I also, I remember I had the bulldozer too, were the only two I had. Uh, And the bulldozer had like a little, you know, it actually, you know, they all had like the actual mechanic, the, the chief function of that vehicle. And all, they all had like a really nice, uh, sturdy usage mechanic for it. Like the bulldozer, you could really like it had this little handle, some shit. Yeah, it had a little handle on the side where you could fucking push the thing out and actually do a real bulldozer motion. And I mean, it would work in the dirt, which you know <laughs> most toys don't work. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like if you had like the dump truck, like it actually was a dump truck. Yep. You could, but yeah, the bull exactly. The bulldozer could fill that fucker up, and that dump truck could go somewhere and dump it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were fucking rad. I still got them at the house somewhere. I think. Do you really? Like, oh, he has are... them. I know they're worth money too. He I, has them somewhere. I did not eBay them. I bet if you did, they're probably yeah. Those. The, I good think I shape. want them. I should. I'm gonna make myself a note. I should get them just to get them. Yeah, those are cool, man. Those are and they yeah they were like they're so sturdy and and kids because they're so sturdy, kids probably played the fuck out of them or played with the fuck out of them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but I know what you mean. <laughs> right. Uh, so they're probably all traditionally in bad shape. So like a, a, a one in good shape is probably worth dough, I would think. Yeah, I think uh, a good one is worth. I, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like it's worth like a few hundred bucks. Right. That would be that's fucking. That's cool. Those are cool. Not toys. that I would sell mine, but anyways, yeah. Why the fuck is Tonka here? Yeah. Well, they yeah they basically Sega contracted them to sell the system, uh, in the U.S. because they thought it was a toy, not a uh-huh. whole. And everything I've read about Tonka's marketing of the Master System, uh, was that says that they did a really shitty job, and that's why they lost so badly this round of the console wars. Wow. Uh, but it, yeah, it's super interesting that it was yeah Tonka specifically, and um, you know Sega made that choice, like that was their decision to not do it, even though they are a video game company, and they thought that you know just like lack again, just lack of, lack of understanding of the marketplace, lack of understanding of the product. Uh, and Tonka, even more so, had a lack of understanding of the product because they were a toy company, so they marketed it as a toy, and they didn't market it as a fucking video game system, and they didn't focus on the things that they should have focused on marketing it. Um, you know, we'll get into like the whole game, the game covers are fucking a dumpster fire, you know? Yeah, they're really bad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, though, like if you were talking like family feud style question, like, you know, name a thing kids play with toys uh, you know like I, I know why they went to talk tonka and asked them to help but like they just they just didn't realize yet that it was a completely different realm that they were creating essentially that's their fault and that's why so they wanted that, fucking that a is... toy company to help them with these toys but of course they were not right 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 so moving on to the next thing which is it's interesting that they decided to lead off with this like this is the most interesting thing ever because um, it's not particularly. But uh, the first thing is a section they're calling Sega Spotlight, which is a profiling, like profiling an employee at Sega uh, section. And they chose for the first one here, <clears throat> the first big winner is Steve Hanawa, uh, who is their Sega of America's R&D manager. And I guess he also it says he also does some customer service, too, which makes I don't know, being the manager of the R&D fucking division, which you would think would be like a very prominent position, like research and development for a tech company is pretty important. And uh, the idea that he has to dick around with customer service too seems a little <laughs> fucking beneath Yeah, them. like, hey, Steve, can you take a minute to like stop <laughs> developing that game? We got an angry customer online. Yeah, one. Yeah, 
fucking thing here. He wants to bitch uh, at you or something. Yeah, right. it's weird. That is weird. Uh, but he so get into like what the article does. Uh, he drops knowledge, which this is to me super cool and fucking really really interesting. He drops knowledge that there's a hidden game built into the hardware of a master system. So yeah. you just turn it on and press up on the D-pad and then both action buttons all at once. A simple maze game called Snail fires up. Uh, I, I will put this. I found a, a, a pretty cool and good playthrough video. I'll punch that into the show notes. But it actually doesn't look too bad for what it's supposed to be. It looks like, you know, kind of the way uh, Solitaire is just a, like, super rudimentary, but still engaging, entertaining, and fun game to kill time with in between your other tasks. Uh, it, it fulfilled that, I think, goal very well. It looked like a semi-fun game. Did you look it up? Did you look it up at all, or no? I didn't. I was I was reading through these things, taking notes, and uh, I was going to come back to some of these things, and then computer took a giant shit on me. So yeah. that's interesting. Everyone uh, loses. Thanks, Acer. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug for Acer there. <laughs> thanks for the help. Thanks for the customer service after the fact, but fuck you for that. Yeah. So going forward, uh, the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast should be sponsored by Acer. <laughs> right. Yeah. You guys got some free advertising. It's not the best right there. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they'll hook us up after that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he also uh, he goes on to suggest the that board game ports will be becoming more popular, uh, which uh, is most likely because he's personally tinkering on the Monopoly port at present. Uh, and my thoughts about that are fucking incorrect, Steve. Right. <laughs> like, wrong. Yeah, wrong. Uh, <laughs> wrong. Very fucking wrong. Like and that's you know that that it hadn't occurred to me now, but like how much does that Hark back to the idea of it's just a toy, you know. We just all—it's exactly. a digital version of a toy. Board games, board games They're would be great. Digital board games. Yep. Uh, which are fucking not. I mean, you know, I have certainly played. I had my uh, Monopoly, uh, uh, the Windows Monopoly. I used to play. I think we used to play every now and again on that IBM PS2. I had. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not that Monopoly in digital form is is worthless or bad, but it is not. It should not be a a big banner marketing fucking campaign for your new system you know uh it is is not that engaging or cool <laughs> yeah that was probably like a, an idea to like appeal to parents almost i feel like like hey it's just like you know you play board games with your kids like this is the same thing yeah. um Maybe, yeah. yeah like you said it's not you know i've played some of those board games on on these different systems and they're not terrible but it's like it's not the same thing right no i mean yeah we talked about uh wheel of and that's not well those are board games too but their game shows more prominently uh but the jeopardy wheel of fortune discussion we had um back on the whatever issue that was that we talked about that, that yeah. nintendo's doing it too but it's not it's not a banner you know right uh, yeah, it's just I guess it's just another thing that Sega kind of got wrong a little bit and botched, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, they paid for it. <clears throat> yeah, they definitely did. And the the last thing uh, that he mentioned that I thought was notable was the he says the 3D software will be more developed um, and prominent in the marketplace. And uh, I will just assume that he means in the 30 years down the line it took for 3D games to not be total pieces of shit that he's referring to. Uh, I guarantee that's like, what he was thinking. <laughs> exactly what he was thinking 30 years from now. Uh, so, yeah, that's fucking Steve Hanawa's viewpoint on the, on the industry in 1988. And the first big feature of the issue is OutRun. Uh, and it's explained as a direct translation, i.e. port, of the arcade name, or game, rather, by the same name. And I... 
I remember this wasn't like an arcade cabinet that would be that was a lot of places. Uh, I remember playing the I believe I remember playing the cabinet at Country Skateland. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Just uh, not, not Starlight Triple T. I think they had that one at Country Skateland. And you know, it's a funny story, uh, side story on Country Skateland. I was doing I you know I'm thinking about shooting a, uh, the next flick that that one I told you to read and you won't read uh, back in Oberlin. And so I was doing, I was talking to the film commission back there, uh, the greater Cleveland film commission, a little bit about locations and stuff. And I was looking through their website, kind of what they had offering. And one of the very few Oberlin locations that is listed on their, on their website is country Skateland for film shoots. <laughs> That's funny. Cause it's not even in Oberlin. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just outside of, but no, it's actually in a different like township entirely. It's in what, uh, Pittsfield. Right, 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 right. But that, right. That, I, I know what they're getting at, but like that is not. It's, it. Pittsfield's not going to get its own listing. Um, was that the entire side story? Sorry, I feel like I interrupted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, right. yeah, it was because it was I that I used to go there every weekend uh, and what middle school and like to see. I hadn't thought about it in God knows how long. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I, I haven't read what it is that you sent me, but uh, in general, um, I support any scene that you can possibly think of to film at country skateland i think that's a great idea <laughs> well country skateland was not it's not that i have a scene for country skateland uh and that's I, problem. that's I, why i, I won't I, read this thing yeah, i regret not maybe i'll write one in now that i've, <laughs> that I, that I've seen the thing uh because it would be unbelievable to shoot a movie there uh just being in the space would be incredible I'll, i'm gonna go when i'm next time i'm back just for the fuck of it actually, <laughs> yeah i don't know why i don't go more often actually yeah. actually some of my friends from the bar that i go to here in town like they've told me like yeah we have a girls night out there sometimes and like the people still like people my age still do go there and like for a fun time so wow plug for country skateland <laughs> yeah my God. Uh, i know they got a big advertising budget that they can spare for us too. <laughs> <laughs> i remember there uh i went i gotta blow my mind at that dude he can't still be there he, i mean he wasn't terribly old like their manager maybe i think he was yeah but he's probably too. still dead he was he was definitely like he was kind of a prick i remember uh, he would be like prickish about the entry fee and stuff at the door. And he was always, you know, we were kids. We were like over there fucking around unsupervised. So yeah, he, he kind of signed up for this. Like, right. He was always the one that kind of had like any dumbass kid shit. He was always the one that was like the authority figure that you didn't really like, you know, and, like, you know, we were there like going to country scale in middle school was about, uh, girls. <laughs> so <Right>. so <laughs> things were happening in the dark corner at country Skateland that, uh, you know, uh, would not reflect well on the establishment or him as the manager if he they probably were... should have been policing. Right, right. Well, he was trying to, but you can only police fucking like, God only knows how many kids on a Friday night. You know? Yep. That is the the ultimate problem with children. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Can't watch them constantly. Um, so but Outrun to... was there? Yeah back, yeah, back to Sega and not Country Skateland podcast. Right. Uh, yeah, Outrun was there and I remember playing it. And, you know, and it, it had the, it was kind of fun. It had the pedal and wheel controls like I talked about on Spy Hunter that kind of like give a little bit of a realism deal. Um, and obviously the gray, the graphics and, and gameplay were, you know, higher speed and better quality than uh, the one on the Sega Master System here because for obvious reasons. Right. So it was kind of fun. Not great racing game, but uh, I do remember it and had a it, it, kind of a pretty cabinet. It was very colorful. Uh, it kind of has like the beach motif going on for their art, which is looks good uh, in the country skate land lighting scheme. And so this was a, a timed racing game with a quasi 3D perspective view. So the, the graphics were not horrible, um, at least at least as good as as NES graphics for this kind of thing, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and that would, you know, I will this will become a little bit of a pattern to me 
where I think to myself, uh, this looks a whole lot better than the NES. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. way, way better than the NES. Uh, eventually, I will get to as I'm going through these games. But uh, the cool, a really cool thing that I, one of the, probably the most notable gameplay thing to me is not even necessarily gameplay, it's pre-gameplay. When you first fire the game up, you get this, like the first thing when you hit start, the first thing it gives you is this view of a car dashboard. And it's like the radio, basically. And there's a hand, and you can turn the dial and uh, on the radio, and you get to pick between three different music tracks, basically, on the car radio before okay. you start the game, as if they were radio stations, you know? Right. was uh, a really cool slash nice uh, immersion effort, I think, you know? Um, yeah. It was nice, just like, a, you know, one of those things you, don't, you didn't have to do. You could have easily just had music selections or music automatically start. Uh, the idea that you pick your tunes before you race is cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I tried playing it a few times. I uh, had a seemingly flawless run to the end of the timer uh, and still got a game over screen. So I don't think I understand the rules of this game. <laughs> <laughs> or it's one of those, like, I, I've talked about it before, but, like, it's one of those things where, like, even if you just complete something in the game, they're just like, game over. Yeah, like, no, but there's actually a negative connotation attached to that. Please don't do that to me. Yeah. Well, no, because it, it did not continue. It was game over. Like, I mean, yeah, it was. I did not. I did not get to the second level. Like, the 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 the. So there's not like a level select or anything. Like, no, I was picturing, it's, like, it one shows race. you a map. Like, you know, we were looking at the playthrough. Oh, okay. I believe you just go like, and it never really fucking stops, which is also wild to me. But uh, and it changes from like level to level, like just. You just like get to a new place, and then you're at a new level. You know, uh, yeah. It shows you a, a map at the beginning uh, that's you know long and fucking complicated. So, right. Well, fuck you. You don't get to go to the second level. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I was doing wrong, but I was something else. Call wrong. Steve. He's customer service. Right. I will call Steve. You can't call Steve though. Steve's too busy. He's got. He can't call during the week. He's got he says. research and developing to do. <laughs> and develop. <laughs> uh. So the next thing is a Sega software checklist, uh, and it's at 38 titles so far. And I like, is this just proprietary stuff? I'm not. Sh- I think it is, and I don't even know if they have third-party titles for this. Yeah, I didn't look into that. I, I just got mad when I first saw this. <laughs> what, why, why? Like my my friends are starting to have kids, and like I've always kind of been aware of just like general like advertising tricks and just like bullshit they try to pull on you and i'm never a fan of it like that shit makes me mad and this is just like it is it is yeah you're trying to you're trying to get kids to like oh i want to cross all these boxes off right that that has to buy rocky for fucking forty (laughs) dollars then he has to buy rambo for forty dollars like so your kid's gonna be pestering you because this goddamn checklist but then again you know the goal for sega is to sell rocky rambo and black belt and fuck you jeff So. Yeah, no, for sure, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I thought this too that you know, for something as expensive as video games, a checklist like this is a very manipulative move uh, to pull on an anal, anal retentive collector child like I was slash M. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's one thing to like have a fucking 1991 score football checklist for cards, but not for fucking video games. Video but games at, at forty bucks a pop. Yeah. Uh, again, you know what? Well, what are they supposed to do? Hey, guys, you know. Don't buy our stuff unless you got the money, I guess. It's whatever. Like, right. That's not how businesses work. Yeah. Yeah, they even throw in a uh, ask your Sega game dealers for the ones you don't have at the bottom, which is mm. just a savage move. Right. <laughs> there's, my, there's my alarm that I just had go off t- uh, to wake up to do this podcast. <laughs> well, we're a little bit ahead of ourselves. That's good because I got shit to do today, too. It's good. Uh, so there's six screenshots on this on this baby here. 
uh, and you know the I, I I consider those enough of a of a uh, featuring of the game to to bother talking about them if they were out. So there's three labeled as coming soon's here that are actually all released by this uh, by 88. There's the aforementioned Monopoly fucking port, if that's what you want to call a board game to a video game, and then Penguin Land, which that came out on my birthday, August 18th in 1987. Jeb. How nice, right? Not bad. Yeah. Of course, and, you weren't uh, born on 87, correct? No. No, no, no. I was yeah, born in 81. But, but still your birthday. Still my birthday. And Global Defense was the other one of these uh, coming soon that was already out. And then there were three others. There's Ghostbusters with a hot-looking Marshmallow Man shot that I liked a lot. It does look good. Yep. And Space Harrier and Choplifter. So... As one might imagine, I went through and fucked with these, and I fired up Ghostbusters, and it is by far the best version I've played of this game. Really? Uh, yeah, I had it for VCS, for Atari 2600, and then I played it a bunch on NES, too, and this is... Because, like, that game is... It's meant to be a small... Like, I've, you know, I've heard fucking Dan Kitchen talk about it. He did the port for NES, and... <clears throat> It's that game is meant to be a like a, a small business simulation. It is not an action game. Like they, the idea was that you were starting a business. You had this whole commerce system where you're buying the tools you need to go out and earn money, and you're dealing with also a big real world problem as well because you've started this business. But it is a business simulation by design. So the, this is for, the Atari game you're talking about. All of them. It's all the same game. They're just different levels of complexity because of okay. the uh, system capabilities. Limitations, you know? right. Right. Uh, I mean, it was, I think it was actually initially made for, the, I want to say the Commodore 64 was the first uh, version of it, and that was more complex than the, like, the Atari 2600 version is crazy basic. Uh, but I, really, in, I mean, knowing the limitations of the Atari 2600, it's actually pretty good, and I had it. And I, I was going to say, I thought it was actually pretty, like, decent as far as like buying things and like conducting your business and right. running the, the fact, game. The fact you could even do that. You had to like hit the fucking skin. You only have the one button like to be able to buy stuff and get out of the store. You had to hit With like one button. Right. You had to hit the difficulty switch on the back of the Atari <laughs> uh, shit. To, to like cue it to like I'm done buying stuff and get into the game. So yeah, they like they creatively found a way to get some version of this idea into it, which is, you know, uh, not a bad job by any length, but comparatively uh, and again, any same thing like not anywhere near there's just i mean maybe a, a quarter of the things to buy there's just all this different accessory shit you can get in this one the interface the, i take it is better yep without a doubt the driving and ghost capture screen because like all of them have kind of this carved um gameplay uh like you know you, there, there's multiple gameplay types there's like the overworld map where you move like uh, the ghosts are going to zool in the middle and you got to like go around and stop them on the map and then you go to you know there'll be like a ghost alarm or a ghost call going off on some building you got to go over to the building and then you Address go to like that, a right right to a little driving sequence to theoretically get to all those places that you just with your little cursor on the overworld map went through uh on the streets and then you do a driving version and you, because you stop these ghosts on the map, and you you get a little vacuum cleaner type deal for like a little fucking thing that sucks up ghosts on your car. So you go through these driving sequences where you're picking up the ghosts, avoiding other cars, avoiding other obstacles. And then right. you get to the place, you get out of your car, and then you're at a building, and you got to catch ghosts uh, with a couple guys with your proton packs and the fucking the little ghost trap deal. And uh, so there's yeah, there's multiple different gameplay mechanics, and all three of those look better on this than any other ones, and um, just the control of it much, much better. So I didn't play it very long, but 
it's wor- it's definitely worth fucking with, I think, in a, in a long play sense because uh, there is, you know, it, it, it does the small business simulation in a way that's actually functional. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like if you're into that kind of shit, that's this is the best version to play. So. Right. Yeah, it's almost in that uh, Wall Street. You know, there's not a lot of business simulation games on consoles. Wall Street Kid and this are really the only <laughs> Right. Oh, my God. I played Wall Street Kid with Andy. Back we, me, you played it on one of the holidays I was back. We like fell asleep trying to fucking play it. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh god, think, that's think... one of those games I would want to like. It'd be cool if I actually like saw it through and beat it, but I'm never gonna put the time in. It's fucking hard, dude. I played it a bunch, man. Yeah, we. I think it was after the the night that we beat uh, River City Ransom. I want to say that sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, fired it up afterwards. Anyhow, the next one is Space Harrier, and it's a pretty wild pseudo 3D flying shooter. Uh, as a uh, a very cool death animation slash sound effect, it's kind of fun, and uh, it's it's not. I mean, it's not all that bad at all. It might even be impressive. Uh, it's definitely much more so uh, impressive than the those NES quasi three D titles. Uh, I don't the um, well, I liked Rad Racer, but the three D aspect of it was not as pretty and i you know i wasn't even able to play the 3d version necessarily but uh the um it it is still just the perspective view of it you know is like a thing even without the 3d glass glasses version and the other one was that i can't it was like not world track but it was like world runner or some shit like that Mm. uh that was a 3d game that they were both it was that final fantasy team at enix that that did both those games and they're not nearly as good as this one i don't think so another example of the sega genesis outdoing the nes uh, as far as computing and graphics and just the visual of it you know right not that anyone would know thanks tonka (laughs) (laughs) uh the next one is choplifter and and this is like a more advanced version of the activision atari 2600 game chopper command yep do you does that ring a bell okay fuck yeah it's a good yeah, game. Exactly, exactly. That's one of my favorite BCS games for sure. And uh, yeah, you you, you could see so you control a, a chopper with some really advanced controls. Honestly, for a two button D pad only setup, you gotta like you're like going back and forth, and you gotta shoot at the ground and up. You know, it's just it and save these prisoners, and it's fucking it's it's pretty complicated and well done. And uh, and this 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 actually was the red alert for me. This is where. I started thinking like, holy shit, this is like twice as good maybe as the NES wow. uh, as, yeah. as far as quality of games, or rather quality of, yeah, gra- not gameplay, like NES still crushed them and just like they made better games. But as far as gameplay and, or gameplay function and, and again, graphic processing power, game speed, like all the the technical aspects of it, this was way further advanced than than uh, the 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 NES. Like it, I mean, it was. There's times when I'm playing it where it's it almost felt to the Genesis level, like Damn. almost, not quite, but almost. Uh, some of these games have like that type and level of graphics uh, to a degree, and that's you know those are. It's just I, mean, I I don't even know exactly what the technical thing is. I'm not well-versed enough in that shit, but it felt way above and beyond where the NES was at, right. uh, graphic-wise, for sure. Huh. I mean, the, the, the games look good, graphic-wise. Um, like I said, I didn't get to play them, but, uh, you know, I trust your word for all that shit. And um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so we get another we get Monopoly here too, uh, and and I uh, and I fired it up at least. It has like a, a kind of a wacky control shit going on that I couldn't figure out, and yeah, I honestly couldn't even get the game started really because like you, it allows you to move back and forth on the board, and like I couldn't pick character. It was fucking weird. Something was going on with the controllers. I almost thought like maybe I needed to recalibrate my my gamepad, but it was working for everything else. So I don't think that was it, but. Right. Uh, it looked as good uh, of a video game rendition of this as any other. You know, like I said, I had the DOS version. I I played it on the NES version for sure at some point yeah. or another. Uh, it was at least as good as those as far as the look of it goes. So way to go, Steve. <laughs> yep. Good job, Mon Monopoly. That was yep. probably a rough one. And Global Defense starts with an animation of some flying object crashing into the Twin Towers in NYC and then a huge explosion. Gully. Oh. Hashtag dated. <laughs> right. Um, well, I don't feel like I may have heard of that before. Maybe not. Yeah, it's like yeah, it would it would uh, for obvious reasons not fly. I mean, you know, they clearly could not have that kind of foresight, but sure. uh, but not fly today. And it's a as far as the gameplay, it is a very oddly controlled space shooter. Um, you like you're kind of like a satellite kind of thing. You just fly. it's fucking weird, man. Uh, the graphics are good. And relatively interesting, the gameplay is, uh, but it was not. It was too much of a space shooter to really hold my attention. Right. But it wasn't bad as far as those go. And that gets us out of the checklist into an advice from the experts page up next, which features Alex Kidd and the Miracle World and Rambo. And Alex Kidd was Sega's first attempt at a Mario rival, pre-Sonic. So this was their early days mascot so you what does that insinuate that this would be like what an incredible title right That this is like the thing they're hanging their hat on <laughs> yeah you would think like if you're going to bring that to the table to compete with mario it's going to be some shit and not even fucking close man ah. it looks looks like and that any of this is contradictory to a lot of what i've said but I, whatever you know there are there are good games but this is not one of them it looks like an er, it looks like a late 80s slash early 90s dos dos platformer uh in the vein of uh a commander keen or some shit which i don't know if you're familiar with those if you google dos fucking commander keen like they uh, they're kind of fun for what you could get and this this goes back to the whole idea of how far behind computers were as far as processing power and 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 and, and fast action gameplay relative to the consoles of the time they're they're it's not good they're fucking they look bad they play bad it's not any fun uh and this is very much like one of those and that's not a good comparison by any length. right the screenshot here reminds me of uh do you remember that uh that mickey mouse game for nintendo yeah the mickey mouse capade maybe or am i thinking yeah that? mouse capade i think something and that's like what it. it's called it, 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 the screenshot reminds me of that yeah. Uh, yeah which might not be a great thing i think i like in my mind, I liked that game a lot, and then I played it once, and I was like, yeah, it's not all that good. Yeah. Some of those, I want to say, you know, the NES, I think it's, I think the Genesis ones, actually, are pretty highly regarded, the Mickey Mouse games. Uh, okay. But that might, that's just kind of something I'm digging but, out back my recall there. I may be wrong. Right. But Alex Kidd, not good. Alex Kidd, not good. And like, literally, absolute zero fun on, on ours. I saw the screenshot, and I was like, it looked like a game I might want to play, actually. It's by all means, give it a whirl, man. Maybe I didn't, you know, who knows? But I, I did not. And I was like, wow, this was their fucking like thing. Like, this is like, you know, like this is their Super Mario Brothers. Like, fuck, man. Again, just terrible choice of a boring character. And I don't know. Yeah, but, because it's like, you know, it 
it, it sounds like they had good games. It wasn't like they had to pick Alex Kidd in the Miracle World for lack of choices. So, yeah, it's like you got the good games, but then you picked the wrong one to be your flagship. Or yeah. It, yeah. It's just, you know. It's even got, like, and there's a couple. I, I mentioned this, again, in our pre-roll. There, there's the other the other ones, uh, what, Wonder Boy in the Monsterland or something. something. And it's just, like, the name choice, like Alex Kidd in, in Miracle World. Like, it just sounds, there's no creativity. It's, like, a very stock fantasy. You know, thinking about it now, it might have been a way for them to, like, ham-handedly shove in the word world so that it competed with was was it su- oh, no it was super mario brothers at the time yeah, it wasn't it was, even super mario world yeah not yet yeah holy shit uh, yeah i don't know actually that doesn't make sense yeah it's just i mean the world part is just attack on like the miracle thing is really what i'm attacking here it's like it's just a very basic fantasy word there's just there's no I don't know. There's not. It's just. It's. It. It might as well be Alex Kidd's Fantasyland. Yeah, exactly. Like it just paints no picture whatsoever. Right. Uh, And and if this is, I don't know, Super Mario, you'd be better off just going with Alex Kidd. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think I think there were multiple renditions of this. I don't know if this is the first or second. I think there were multiple of them. And and I believe that also applied again to Wonder Boy, like in Monsterland and in something else. Like, but Monsterland is is the same thing. It's just monster. Like, why not pick? fucking dragon land or just something specific that's yeah give that, me something that paints more of a picture and like makes you go oh i want to see that like miracle means nothing to me <laughs> right there's no visual of miracle uh right. which you know that's what marketing's all about like painting a picture in your head and making you want it you know uh but we've already covered this talking to the bad job and the other one here is rambo this it's, uh, article it's actually called rambo in war world is it? I think no. I think this no. One's that's a, a, that was a first, joke. First, first, oh. <laughs> Miracle World, War World. Man, I'm actually very funny. Everyone, don't. Worry. <laughs> you are usually, but sometimes you get. I don't know, maybe it's gullibility, dude. Some sometimes they're just too. They're 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 too subtle. They're yeah, too, my my delivery can be very uh, very subtle. Very subtle sometimes, <laughs> right? Anyways, yeah, Rambo. Yeah, there actually is a surname. Well, part of it is because there is a surname, and I didn't. It's not on here, and oh, okay. it, it took me some confusion. There, I had some confusion in trying to find the game because it is actually Rambo: First Blood Part Two, just like the movie, but it's just Rambo here. So I wasn't sure if I was looking up the right thing. Uh, yeah, so that's part of why I also didn't bite onto that. <laughs> so let's explain our joke failures. This uh, this article refers to the POW prisons as concentration camps, and while that is not wrong in definition technically, it still seems a little more Nazi referential ish than need be peppered into the magazine <laughs> to me. Yeah, just POW camps is good. <laughs> that will suffice, everyone. Yeah, we don't need to go into details. Uh, well, I think also they probably. They probably got away with something like that. Not that like anyone was policing it, but like Nintendo, like we've talked about before, is very kid oriented. So I feel like, you know, somebody if, if Nintendo had been like, hey, let's have them in concentration camps, like somebody at Nintendo would have been like, no, we got to not no do good. that. Yeah. They were they but were Sega they were, might not have been doing that. Yeah. yeah, right. Agreed. So, yeah, there's actually uh, later on we get to Afterburner. I have a thought on that concept. Yeah, Sega, even he. Here, even early was uh, less kids glovey for sure, you know, right. uh, and more in your face, M- more brash, I guess, maybe a better way to put it than in your face. They would probably want you to be thought of. Thought of they probably want to be thought of as more in your face, too. But that's yeah, and like, I get it, you know, <laughs> like if you're trying to like world build and help with immersion, like 
concentration camp are words that are it, it, yeah it does paint a very clear picture kind of, yeah like you're for, me to, gonna... for me to say the thing i said about miracle word right right after and then criticize that after the fact maybe is 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 uh poorly is misguided but it doesn't follow necessarily but like yeah i get it like you might be a little more inspired to you know take it seriously yep. Yep. if yep. you're hearing the words concentration camp than pow camp but at the same time like yeah maybe not right. let's not do that so I did try to uh, infiltrate the concentration camps, uh, and I fired it up, and it's got a very intense title screen, another shirtless Stallone deal, like a very uh, pretty good uh, digital rendition of of one of the kind of like stock Rambo 2 key art pictures. Right. It's like a very one of the – it's a, a deadpan death stare instead of the raging war face <laughs> that we saw right. in the yes, Rambo. Uh, version of this and the funny thing about yeah again that it is they're both both the nes one and this are modeled theoretically off rambo 2 they are wildly different games uh this is very akari warriors like including it looks the, like it yeah yeah including a two-player couch co-op aspect but it's better in every possible way really yeah i think i think a two-player playthrough of this would be a fucking blast in all yeah, honesty okay. yeah it, it's um, I already told you I like Akari Warriors, so clearly if I think it's a build on that as far as gameplay goes, I'm going to like it. But I think in a, in a two-player setting, Couch Co-op, this would be a lot of fun for sure. Now, for this one, was there that uh, very breathy uh, trademark explanation, was it, that was on any No, other? no, it did not have nearly as lengthy of a licensing uh, disclaimer. Disclaimer, to, right. Uh, at least that I recall. Uh, it, it certainly didn't jump out to me that way. I would, if it was there, it would have certainly done that because... Yeah. Uh, that was such now, a I wonder hilarious. why. How, how far apart were those games? I wonder why this Rambo didn't not at all, though, they, feel the they, need to do that. The whole, the whole reason we're doing these right now, timing-wise, and I said it wasn't a big deal that we didn't realize they were around till we got till I found them uh, before the Metal Gear episode was that we are basically in the timeline right now. Um, the last issue of these three is right around where we were uh, going from Nintendo Folk Club News to Nintendo Power 1. So, uh, yeah, it's right. Same exact time. So, uh, And it's the same exact movie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's... it's it, it's lawyer shit, dude. I mean, I can I say maybe the studio didn't feel like Sega was going to get to as many people, so they didn't need to do this. Or no, that would never be, it would never be in neither, in neither case would I say it's probably studio it. fuel. It, it that type of thing, dude, is a protective measure. The you that that being overkilling that is more likely than not, and this uh, is coming from just all the legal shit to deal with with the film stuff, yeah. like. We're dealing with a ton of this stuff now for Ask for Jane with it coming out in theaters next month. And like it, it's an over, it's just the lawyer, lawyers are inherently how, like they try to protect every single possible scenario. Like right. the chances of any one scenario that leads to lawsuit, et cetera, et cetera, are low. But a lawyer's job is to blanket cover, cover you every single possible one of them like that's that's your ideal uh when you hire a lawyer that's your ideal goal <laughs> yeah the they worst case scenario i can imagine the worst case scenario for you and your venture <clears throat> and your lawyer would for you and your lawyer to like get challenged with somebody and you and the lawyer look at each other and go what yeah, like, exactly yeah that's gotta be a be fucking surprised. nightmare yeah right exactly 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 yeah you do not want to be surprised by anything so well, there I, that, that makes me wonder like why the fuck didn't they do the disclaimer for this game that they did for the nes well game? 
It is, I mean, uh, I guess kind of a loose jump off your idea is that it is very possible that Sega's lawyer team was not as good as Nintendo's. <laughs> uh, particularly, uh, the this is, you know, we're talking about Sega of America and Nintendo of America. Clearly, these are Japanese companies. Uh, so over in Japan, Sega's a huge deal. But Sega of America, and this is actually in that book, uh, Console Wars, that is much more about the 16-bit era war between them. But it, it just talks a lot about the philosophies of the company and how the two... Uh, uh, Sega of Japan and Sega of America interfaced and how much in the case like N Nintendo of America to Nintendo of Japan, uh, much more collaborative, much more even ground. Sega of Japan and Sega of America, like S Sega of America, just it was it was not a good relationship. There was a lot of battling. They did not agree on things. Sega of Japan was very dictative, if that's a word like they, they did not allow them like the the. the Sega of Japan had a version of, of Sonic the Hedgehog as far as, like, the art of it, the way it looked, that was completely different than the Sega of America one. And Sega of America, the guy, I, I'm, Tom Kalinske, I believe was his name, uh, the, the CEO of Sega of America, it was like a, he fought tooth and nail to change it into something that he thought would be more marketable in, say, in America. And, you know, you, you can't, because he got his way eventually, you can't say for sure whether he was right. Because we never we never tried the Japanese version that right. that they want to release over here, but Sega did pretty fucking well because of Sonic. So I, it, it seems like it was probably a good idea, you know. So yeah. he knew he knew what he wanted to do, and and it worked. Uh, but that making that happen was like a really fucked up hard process for him. So hmm. yeah, that was it was a very they they were embattled the two, you know, and they should have been on the same team theoretically. So uh, I. They didn't. They would not have gotten the resources, maybe that they wanted, uh, fiscally, and that you know, legal, legal counsel is all about how much money can you pay. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's very possible. That's a that's a, a very in depth discussion of, of the possible le uh, legal situation of <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, no disclaimer. Anyways, to answer your question, next up, black belt uh, experts uh, uh, experts feature, and that is uh, there's also some reader tip submissions here on the next page too but this article describing black belt the game it describes it as being a post-nuclear war devastated world where you play as a dude trying to use your in quotations black belt standing to restore order to a chaotic world which <laughs> are very high lofty expectations of karate <laughs> Especially <laughs> considering that a nuclear war just happened. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Like the idea right. that you are in that sort of uh, militarized situation and you're expecting karate to get you anywhere. In it. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. your mind is like, okay, I live in this fucking post-apocalypse now. Got to use that karate to get everything in order. Use karate. Yeah. Like uh, whereas me, I wouldn't even think like I'm not putting this back together. This is not my responsibility. This guy <laughs> is like I'm going to do it, and I'm going to use karate to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I fired this up. I played through the first level. It's very much a knockoff of Kung Fu on NES. You yeah, know, even even like the like name of it, you can just say like Kung Fu Black Belt. <laughs> you know, like Fuck. uh, albeit better graphics, uh, which is a reoccurring theme as I've mentioned. And there's a slightly more varied move set also, uh, but not enough to be fun. Because, like, yeah, the Kung Fu move set is just literally, you're just, like, doing that same kick over and over and over again, back and forth, like, for, for right. level after level after level. Like, Kung Fu and NES, to me, even though it is somewhat regarded as a good game, it's, like, one of their early ones, so that's part of it, you know. Uh, there there's weren't a lot of options back then, so it inherently gets a little bit of clout. 
but uh, Kung Fu and yes is fucking awful. And this is also not that fun. Um, yeah. And that, and then this actually led me to the idea that I'm automatically contrasting these games with what I view to be their NES counterparts. Mm-hmm. And that is probably not a fair way to assess them. <laughs> yeah. But although you're doing that, they, they seem to, you know, at least compete with NES. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's not like you're being unfair to them and right. Yeah, so they're still doing well. It's just they didn't market well. Right, 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 right. So flipping out, like I said, skipping right over the fucking tips from the team. Nothing there I want to talk about unless you do. And nope. and then the across the binding, we go to an article uh, telling you how Sega has started a 3D revolution with their Sega Scope 3D product. And it mentions that they have liquid crystal shutters. I have no idea what they are, nope. and I have zero faith that these were anything better than awful, saying the Segascope <laughs> device at all, but that sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, liquid I... Crystal shutter sounds awesome. <laughs> of course, your mind goes to liquid crystal display immediately, but, like, yeah, I'm not... I, I know how these things go, and this probably sucked ass. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And... Did you uh, look up any videos on this? I did I or did I, I don't think I did actually because yeah, the 3D stuff yeah I mean I feel like even even with the video because the, the thing is even with the video you still need the glasses to really I think get the effect you know I so, wasn't even sure how it would work when I thought yeah. of looking up a video so. yeah I mean yeah this yeah the Segascope 3D has you look at the little picture in the corner here it's like a fucking visor thing like that's that part of their whole marketing pitch with this is that it. Uh, uh, it's a you know it, 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 never use cardboard 3D glasses again is like I, I believe one of the fucking like pitch lines in here because this is like a sturdy headset uh, deal that you know made out of plastic and is like a real yeah thing. they open the article with it, it says the days of cardboard glasses yeah. are over right, Sega's right. taking over with high tech hardware and software which is crazy this thing goes back to our whole thing with the NES one like I had no idea that no. this was even a thing yet man. Uh, that they were trying to do on consoles is fucking wild. Especially yeah, they tried to do it on these early consoles, and then they dropped it entirely, and now it's back and functional and real. Right. Well, that's like, good. You know, we, we'll get into that with because because there is this, uh, there. Uh, I just recently saw something and read a whole fucking watched a YouTube documentary about it. The uh, Sega or rather Genesis had like an in-depth development excursion with. Uh, the Sega uh, RA Genesis v- VR deal, and actually Kalinsky eventually decided to drop it. And it was like that was part of what the documentary was about, talking to him, kind of how it just wasn't there, and he knew that, and they he was able to get them to fucking kill it before they pissed away a bunch of money on it. That sounds like what <clears throat> he's doing. He, oh, dude, you, you, I, you, I high, you like history too, dude. And I mean, it is it is one of the best historical. Uh, Recountings, recountings, yes, uh, of the video game of a video game thing <clears throat> that I've read. It's a really well done book. Uh, the, okay. I, the the author is I want to say Blake something, but I can't remember offhand. But yeah, the, the the name of the book for sure is called Console Wars. I can't recommend it enough. It's a very good read. Hmm. Uh, and so Scope Seed 3D. We got anything to say about that? I the the well, the, I don't know. Like the it. It was worth mentioning to me that the one of the the missile defense 3D game uses the light phaser, which is their version of the light zapper. Mm. And light phaser definitely sounds more badass than than zapper. We've given them all their shit for their marketing decisions, but I think light phaser sounds way cooler than light zapper. So that was definitely one good better. call. 
And it says that also beyond that, that there's seven more games for this, for the VR thing, I'm saying the 3D thing coming down the pipe in 88. So they plan on supporting it, supposedly, but, you know, we shall see, but my bet is it fizzles, <laughs> like right. you said, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't, they just don't, you know. I'm sh- if it had worked, I didn't, we'd have known about it. Simple as that, you know. Right. We would have known that it worked because it would have fucking been a thing. It'd be, yeah. I think. Uh, and then moving on, the next two pages are a bunch of reader interaction bullshit. Um. You know, customer service fucking things, uh, a giveaway. <laughs> there, there, there is a, a giveaway for your friends. Like, like It implores you to give away your friend's personal info by signing yeah. them up for the newsletter, which is a little fucking weird, you know? That's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, fucking apps and shit do that now, or, like, if people, like, sell your data to, like, people, people are, like, in an uproar about it, but, like, right. this is just, like, outright asking, like, hey, give us their information. Thanks. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, and like, yeah, home address, you know, which, I mean, granted, the email wasn't an option then, but whatever. Uh, yeah, the damage they could do is much more limited, but it is the same principle, and it's kind of weird. Yes, yeah. super weird. This uh, <laughs> sparked a memory that I had. Uh, in college, I used to sign up all of my fraternity brothers for credit cards and mailing lists and shit. Wow. All, the t- all the time to get, because there would always be, like, tables and shit on campus. Are you admitting, the- real quick, are you actually admitting to a crime right now? <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure the statute of limitations I'm, passed, I'm, but I'm, still. I'm, it, actually, it should actually legally, if you want to get illegal, but these are also friends of mine, and they know that that I do it, so, or I, I did it, so it's it's not unbeknownst to them by any length. Uh, so, yeah, because they, you know, they would set up, like, credit card companies in particular would always set up tables at, at school uh, at Ohio State, and then also you would see them on spring break and shit often. That tobacco fucked up itself. Yeah, well, exactly. They're just exploiting dumb kids, and tobacco companies also would do it a lot. Uh I remember I remember signing uh, my buddy up for like a, a, a what's the dip the fucking little packet deals uh, to get a bunch of it was like T-shirts or some shit. Right. So, yeah, so they would give you shit to sign up uh, and then, yeah, basically get, sell you a credit card, you know, uh, which is, yeah, hyper fucked up exploitation of kids. But, yeah, I, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still have my buddy crib like one of you. I, I'm sure you've met him. Chris Rosenbaugh, one of my good friends in, in college. Uh, I, there's no doubt you met him when you were in Columbus at some point, but, uh, I still, I, I remember his, I remember his email address in college, grosenbaugh.2 at osu.edu if you want to shoot him an email. <laughs> Cause I used to sign, I knew I had his whole driver's license and email address. Memorized. Oh my God. Sign us up for everything, dude. And I found it so funny. <laughs> <laughs> his credit's destroyed. He can't buy a house. It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> He's got four kids. They live in a one-bedroom apartment. It's great. <laughs> He's going to do it just fine. <laughs> yeah, so fucking funny. Uh, I did want to say on this uh, Sega scoreboard, did you notice anything about this? Because I did. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's I, I like that uh, that they they singled out a game. I, well, I don't not for the list. You saying for the actual list? I don't have anything for the list. But... What's up with yeah, that? so number one on the Sega scoreboard, Joseph Leck IV of Lawrenceville, <laughs> New Jersey. He was 12 at the time. I didn't even know that this was possible in video games. A billion? Or the, the, a trillion? No, a, this motherfucker scored 1.58 trillion points. That's impossible. Yeah. And Wonder Boy. And I don't care, name anything in existence. 1.5 eight trillion of it is a lot 
<laughs> like no matter that's yeah, what, are, a what, lot are, the, of what are the Adams. denominations i didn't but i i wonder if this is i doubt anyways that this is the same wonder boy that i played the one in monster world later on and i believe yeah i want to say that's two so this is the first one so i didn't play this one but i yeah the point denominations being high enough to get you there <laughs> i cannot believe that it even processes like yep you scored a trillion points Right. Yeah. Like, I didn't even think they'd... Uh, and, and, like, to think that, you know, in 19, at the end of 1999, we were freaking out because we didn't write the code in for the <laughs> fucking date to switch over to 2000. Yeah. yeah. But this guy was scoring 1.58 trillion points in Wonder Boy. So, way to go, Joe Sefleck the fourth, yeah, Lawrenceville, no. New Jersey. Four Roman numerals. Woo! He probably has a lot of time on his hands. Prestigious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I actually I didn't even fucking look at those. That is that is a crazy number. I mean, there's the, there's two billion in Black Belt, and that seems like a lot. Seven billion. Oh, that's the thing, dude. Look at these all these Ghostbusters. Seven that's what I mean. Billion. Like and, I feel like, like the numbers they they seem to indicate that like yeah, but maybe a typo or something because like Joseph Leck did not max out that score. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, there's yeah, no cause... pattern here. Like he could have gone higher and like. Right. Yeah, and in the NES ones, they were all like the top. I mean, granted, these are just one from each game, so you're going to get different scores for sure. They're going to have yeah, a, but it hits like nine hundred ninety nine million, nine hundred ninety nine thousand, and, and then it's, it's over. But... It is similarly odd to me that he has exactly two billion in black belt. Yeah, I thought maybe they just made these up, dude. <laughs> God, they have to be. Because yeah, yeah. they didn't exactly two billion. You know, like yeah, how fucking Steve Hanawa be... didn't think I'd be like diving into this, but one point. One trillion five hundred eighty billion three hundred and twenty million ten thousand seven hundred and eighty four points. That's what he scored. That's a, it's at least a random number. A, 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 you know, the, the two billion is almost odder to me than that because right. it is exactly on. You know, you'd expect uh, it to be one point nine 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 nine. Exactly, though. precisely. If if it was a max, you know, right? Uh, why would you max out at the, the zero? You know? yeah. yeah, that's weird. That is weird. I did. But then they I, say if you make the top five, they'll send you a free T-shirt. So if they're making this shit up, who's getting the T-shirts? <laughs> no one. Answer, maybe. probably no one. <laughs> Life's a bitch, kids. Get yeah. used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never think... going to get that T-shirt. Yeah, I did think, I think it's cool that, and this this was, a, I think, a, a leg up on the Nintendo high score. Like, I think this is boring regardless for the most part, but uh, as far as the section in a magazine goes. But uh, it is a little better that they prompt you for what game like you know they like challenge you mm-hmm. for a specific game as opposed to uh nintendo's was just you know send us your high scores like no 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 anything specificity to it at all and i think this is this is at least a little more targeted and then like kind of ramps up the competition of the submissions you know what i mean right which is to me a good thing and somewhat thoughtful as far as sense to me. high score sections go. And there is there's reader feedback shit, you know, kind of send us what sucks in this. And their hotline, so they have a hotline too. And it's for the, the odd thing for this, and it, we will get into this because we talked to one of their, their dedicated customer service personnel later on in, in the later issue here, I believe issue three. So we'll get into this more. But their hotline is, is it's marketed for technical and technical issues and game help not which maybe nintendo you could say call and say hey my fucking nintendo's not turning on right or something and they would tell you to to blow in it or use alcohol on the the game contacts or something but it was never marketed like that at least you know so that's interesting and more curative perhaps than the nintendo's hotline yeah and there's also a little q a deal here too with uh some of its game questions they also ask fucking 
you know, kind of like, how can I buy more games type thing. So they're like, I'm sure, they'll tell me. Feeding, yeah, yeah, hand feeding you how to give them money. Great. And lastly, we have the back cover, both inside and out of it, is dedicated to mail order sales. And this is, you know, mail order sales are not unique. Uh, Nintendo had that too. But Nintendo did not have actual games. They sell actual games in their order form here, which is really fucking interesting to me. Yeah, it looks like they sell actually everything. Right, their entire fucking catalog. Or no, no, they have 38. There's definitely not 38 there, I don't think, but... Uh, plenty, lots, lots for sure. A lot, yeah. And, yeah, why didn't Nintendo do this? Why, it seems obvious to cut out, like, why would you not cut out the middleman yeah. uh, and just sell them directly if you could? And uh, my guess is, and this is, again, kind of boring legal ideas, but it's, I, I imagine Nintendo had retail relationships that prevented uh-huh doing this would be my only guess like i can't fathom they did not think if they were already selling shit via mail order i cannot fathom that they did not think of the idea of selling games directly you know so that's yeah, it i think nintendo is like a hundred year old corporation at this point they right. did miss the opportunity to sell to somebody right. like they, they knew what they were doing if they could have you know right so yeah i agree and there is also merch uh in addition to the games and i kind of dig that that Sega Challenge tee, dude. If I could get it in a like a form-fitting shirt and not like a awful, modern shirt, right? Right, and not not the awful Gildan brand stretched-out neck shirt picture. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I actually think the uh, the trucker hat here is pretty hot. Yeah. Actually, uh, I don't I don't do hats really. Uh, I'm trying to get into hats for everybody out there that was wondering. My head's too small. It doesn't work. It doesn't I look I look goofy? I feel. Right. Anyhow, that is issue one of Team Sega Challenge. Afterburner opening music sequence bringing us into issue two of Now Sega Challenge. And on the cover here is Afterburner. Yeah, they have a name now. That's good. We're uh, spring 1988. Right. Um, and it's got a uh, an F-14 Tomcat uh, on the screen here. But they also have uh, white letters white font over the white <laughs> yeah, plane yeah, yeah, and you yeah, can't yeah. read the shit yeah 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 That's i annoying. you know it's, it's funny yeah i i actually have an understanding of this problem dude uh i some i, I sometimes you know in the editing bullshit that i do uh video editing you, you titling can be such a bitch you know i've done the opening titles in some case i did the opening titles for catch 22 mm-hmm. and it it's just it, it's a motherfucker because yeah, you, 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 white and black. Are really, if you do any other color than white and black for for titles, in most cases, it's just, it's fucked up. Uh, and in many cases, you have these situations where you have you need to put a title somewhere, and it is over top of and beneath that is both a a a high contrasting. Uh, two different colors, you know, and yeah, it, it's 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 fucked. But sometimes you're like, fuck it, man. I don't whatever. Deal with it. Like, there's no other solution here. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but there and is a, this one's easy. Like, I'm looking at it right now. You know, like you could just move all of the fucking basically the bullet points for this cover to the right, and then slide the afterburner over to the left, and your fucking problem. Yeah, is but here's the thing. This came from I that art 
pro- like it was probably a secondary team that did the fucking things, and they and already I had. There was too many cooks in the kitchen, and that's yeah. what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. They, they probably the afterburner shit, uh, the afterburner logo name, whatever you want to call that, beneath the the jet engines there, probably came with the rest of this layout art. You know, like that was probably part of the art, and then after art was done, then this bullshit titling came in you lay and, that on top right and they probably did that little that, that, that basic font above and below afterburner as well as the bullet points and that shit up at the top in the border and the fucking little thing in the corner to order use the handy order form inside you know like that was probably like some little lackey that did not have the power to bitch about <laughs> right his secondary positioning would be my guess uh yeah, but yeah. Since they now have a an actual title for the magazine sega challenge they probably, like you said, put together this little display here, the plane and the the logo, right. so to say, with the title at the top. And they're like, all right, that's it. You know, yeah, we're locked. <laughs> this is yeah, lock it in. And somebody <laughs> got in there like, fuck, I can't work with this, dude. But you don't want to be the guy who is like, hey, by the way, this idea that you just came up with doesn't work. Right. Yeah. yeah right? Yep, so, yep, OK, yep. I, I get it. But fuck, man, I like to think today somebody would stop that from happening. You would like to think, yes. Well, it would be easier to stop from having. Today, it's just cracking open Photoshop. Back then, I, it was a whole different process. That's, <laughs> for, for me, I think the things that drive me the craziest, like that make me the, the most upset in my life, are easily avoidable problems. Yes. And this sure. one was easily avoidable. In yes. my mind. If you would have just, fuck just fucking thought for a second. Just a second. <laughs> like, but you know what's scary is like, I'm a fucking idiot. And if I see these problems... And you don't, and you're getting paid, and like that's what you do for a living. Like, oh man, you've got big problems on your hands. Case in point, man. The whole fucking world is just filled with people that have no idea what they're doing, man. It's it's uh, the idea that there there are very few like everyone fucks up. Everyone fucks up. Like I see it so frequently. People who are supposedly so accomplished uh, in film stuff, I just see it constantly. We're just like, no, we didn't think of that. Like, how? How did you not think of that? I'm just an idiot. And, you know, I didn't go to school for this shit. I'm just doing it fucking uh, from the seat of my fucking pants for the last decade. Like, right. I should not be better than you. At this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, music. I mean, yeah. How much time you got to talk about that? Like, the yeah. But anyways, anyways. So <laughs> anyhow, uh, bullet points aside, I think it's pretty lit art. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. It was it, it's very obviously encaps encapsulates what the game's about and looks cool and makes me want to go. I want to know. I want to know more. <laughs> yep. Which is the goal here. So that's cool. And the bullet points are, if you're able to decipher them, are that you have wild and crazy Sega writer John Sauer uh, as their team spotlight dude. And my guess is when I first saw that, uh, I was guessing that he's probably not that wild. But uh, beyond that, it's just three other things touting their 3d shit and hardware so it's you know kind of sales pitchy stuff which i get i mean all the bullet points are and everything but there's no games it's just three are not uh there are games but it's 3d shit right so they're trying to push that as a concept and getting to the inside of the magazine the inside cover we get team commander ron expounding upon the cover's bullet points and the toc nothing really notable in there this time that i had that, that caught my attention though it is like stylized now it's not just like you know the the whole the font is all yeah, know, shifted slightly to the left. I think they're trying. They're they're starting to find their artistic find their direction voice. a little bit. Find their find, find their voice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. Yeah, as that sounds. I, I it, do, look, I it looks like an that. actual letter. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, it's got a little. A Again, they didn't have to do that, you know. And it's got yep. like a shadow behind it, so they're trying to give you a little something extra. <laughs> a shadow behind a drop shadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, they fought like in the, the last episode or the last uh, issue. God, yeah, we are doing that a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just we're like doing that a lot, motherfucker. <laughs> but the point is, yeah, the the last one they just fucking printed the shit on there, like so they're trying yeah. to get a little bit of swag going here. I think. For sure. Sure. Do you think do you think that comes from the comments, the comment form that was in issue one? Someone said, "Hey, I'm thinking a little drop shadow on the opening on the opening letter from Ron." Yeah, I bet you there was an eight year old little girl out there that likes Sega, and she was like, "You didn't have drop shadows, so you suck." Yeah, I think you need a drop shadow. Right, and they put it in there to their credit. To their credit. So the first thing is uh, a piece on the cover uh, game. Uh, or sorry, no. First, you get the interview with John Sauer. John Sauer. Sauer. And Sour. I, I was right. He didn't seem that wild and crazy. What? And he looks like he's on drugs to me. Uh, well, that's I, he's talking. That... Pupils are dilated. He's <laughs> yeah. This guy looks like out. Of, he's, I, he I, looks I, like he's out of his fucking mind. If you ask I me. I feel like that, but I feel like it's so contrived. I feel like I think I think he's called. They they he calls himself wild and crazy, so he acted wild and crazy for his photo shoot. I don't feel like he's actually wild and crazy. Like the shit that he says is not wild and crazy. No, I just really wanted him to be on cocaine. <laughs> he probably he may very well be. And look at his sweater, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. I don't know. I just you know it just he's not it, the, the writing was not that wild. And, his quotes were not that wild and crazy. Right. Uh, then then again, what would you expect him to say in a Sega magazine? Like, I don't get to play video games as much as I'd like to because I'm out doing blow and banging hookers. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so, but yeah. Hyper interesting. I wish they would have if that was if that was a quote he wanted to use. And I they did. definitely want to hear about that. Precisely, precisely. I did like the closing button. They actually mentioned it here that he is unavailable for calls, which is I mentioned this when we were talking about Steve. They didn't have it in there yet, I don't believe. Uh, but they actually they do a little thing at the end here that he's not available for calls during the day because of his busy schedule. Like, well, like feel free to write him. Right, but the idea is that like you read this like, oh man, I need to talk. To I John. gotta call this guy. <laughs> I need to call this fucking dude. Right. <laughs> Which, like, you know, yeah, you read the whole article like, man, I gotta fucking fuckers. call this guy. Oh, sorry, you can't call him. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Total. <laughs> full let doubts. Now, what me what makes me think that is that they did this fucking thing for the first one, and if I'm right about that, and they're not being this at the end of the Steve one, that enough people called tried to call Steve, but they felt they had to put this in for John. <laughs> right. Like, unlike Steve, please do not call John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, you totally fucked up Steve's uh, whatever month this would have been. Um, so yeah, so then we get the afterburner piece. It's a two-page feature, and the I just the the because of the screenshot even before I fired it up, right on the deck of the fucking of the aircraft carrier. Shameless. Yeah, shamelessly emblazoned on there, the Sega Enterprise, their logo. And I feel like this is a really good allegory for the carnal differences between Nintendo and Sega as companies, uh, which we, we kind of touched on this uh, when talking about the last issue. But, you know, I... It, and perhaps I'm wrong. I haven't played... And I've already said I don't like flying games. So perhaps I haven't played every flying game on the, on the Nintendo, on the NES, or, or just their systems in general. So maybe this isn't somewhere and I'm wrong uh, eventually. But I feel like you would never see Nintendo Enterprise with their logo placed on it in a game like this, you know? Right. And also, you know, you, you also wouldn't see a proprietary game depicting re- semi-realistic modern warfare, for that matter, from Nintendo probably either. But... You know, either or. I, I think neither one of those things, or both those things, rather, are kind of outside Nintendo's brand, and that's why you don't, you wouldn't see them or don't. See them. And Sega is, as we said, just more shameless when it comes to marketing from a philosophical perspective. You know, right? Um, and maybe they felt they had to. I mean, the, the, yeah, I, I wonder why that is. You know, 
Because I, I, I would guess, anyways, I looked it uh, up at the time, and Nintendo controlled 83% of the U.S. console gaming market in 88, market share-wise. So, that's why. <laughs> yeah, gotta do <laughs> they something. They, yeah, they felt they had to market harder. Uh, right, fucking throw all the ethics out. We're yep. talking about concentration camps now. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. But yeah, that caught my attention very much. And they talk as far as the copy goes on this. They they are really fired up about bonus points in this article. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see. That. I got one thing I couldn't get over. I didn't see the bonus points though. Uh, Where yeah. what are their bonus point things here? They just it's just constantly mentioned everything. It's just for bonus points. Get bonus points. That gives you bonus points. Like uh-huh. as if bonus points is the most fucking you know. Uh, motivating thing ever as far as rewards go. <laughs> well, here, I mean, it may be actually here in the helpful hints section, I think on page five of this, or the, you know, the second page of this spread here, it says bonus points are the fastest way to get additional F-14s. Take your time and try to defeat the Flying Fortress. Sure, I mean, but that's that's also like every game you get enough points, you get a one-up, dude. That's like... That's not every game. Not every, but that's, it's, come on, man. It's, that's very stock reward system for video games i felt like i learned something when they told me that so <laughs> okay well teach their own. Teach their and own. they also in, in this spread they refer constantly to this plane as the f-14 as your f-14 thundercat which is not the correct name for this plane which that's odd because in the john sour article he he does the naming and all the shit and he said he did the research to make them choose the tomcat as their or the F-14 as the as the ship or the sorry the plane right. uh, jet fighter that they used in this. So just the page prior is a whole article about the specificity of choice in that. <laughs> yeah, he says I named the jet the F-14 Thundercat based on the real F-14. That's just weird. I don't know why they wouldn't just go with Tomcat and okay. just call it well, a day. Yeah, I mean, I guess that maybe that is no joke. I mean, it, the it may be weird to hear or think, but. The military outfits and their marketing are valid U.S. trademarks. You can't use that shit just because you want to, just because right. it's not like the American flag where it's just, you know. Anywhere. That's for everybody to use, you know. It's not. Yeah. It's, they, are, they are registered trademarks that are branded marketing that they want to protect and uh, maintain the integrity, integrity of, even from just a marketing standpoint, because those are just fucking businesses, dude. It's just right. the, the, the currency is human life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Like anytime the uh, it, like, there's so many examples of movies where like, and I, and that's probably the case in the video games too. I would imagine like where, if you want to do a movie with the U.S. Navy, like the U.S. Navy will send people to like talk to you about your story and like yep. tell oh, you yeah, you yeah. can do this or cannot do that. Precisely. Yeah, you are yeah. not making movies that do not glorify us. Like that's why Top Gun is right. So... Or if you do criticize us, like you know, it's going to be pretty tame. Yep. 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 Right? Yep. If you want our support, I mean, clearly, you know, free speech, kind of. But <laughs> if you but, want to use the logo, nah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So oh, yeah. It, it mentions uh, that there's a, re- a refueling plane part to this game, too, which I wonder if it's as fucked up as Top Gun. I did not get that far when I played through. But <laughs> I wonder uh, if, like, flying games that came after Top Gun, which is like most of them, I wonder if they all resented Top Gun for that. Uh, like nobody would want to play these things because they were like, oh, I played that NES Top Gun and it fucking right. sucks. And, and that's actually, I did not check, I can't believe I didn't look that up. I'm not entirely sure whether the exact release dates of these two, uh, which preceded the other. Right. Uh, I'd be I feel curious. like Top Gun was older. 
well, we we haven't. I mean, it's hard because those Nintendo Fun Clubs were so anti third party, and right. the only only reason we saw Top Gun was because really that uh, they paid for an ad on the back cover. Uh, I believe like issue three was it three or four something like that. So we haven't seen it in one of those ish, Nintendo issues yet because they're not really covering third party games. So I don't know if it's out yet or not because because the ad was mentioned. It wasn't out yet. It was telling you that it was coming. So I don't recall yeah. what the exact timeline was, and we're also kind of jumping back a little bit with this. So I'm not sure. But yeah, I would be curious to know whether that was out and you know how that affected the marketing of this or the gameplay slash the design. Oh, that's so easy. Top Gun release uh, initial release was 1986. Okay, so definitely before. Yeah, definitely. Okay. 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 Hmm. All right. So that uh, they show the box cover here, and this got me thinking on that man, and and the. That uniform graph paper like box cover art scheme that they have was so fucking boring. And I think yeah. probably the biggest fucking reason why this system was not successful. It did not uh, help. Yeah. I mean, the font, either, even it, the, the, that background sucks too. But the font too, like, what in God's name chose that narcolepsy inspiring font? <laughs> like, like nothing. Just, you didn't have artists that could give you a good font. Like, something, man. Something. Anything. Like, this looks well, like it, Times New Roman. <laughs> right, exactly, and it's fucking the you know that you have on the cover of this magazine. You have that cool uh, branded right, afterburner art, and they they killed that in lieu of this fucking boring ass yes, whatever the fuck it is, you know, boring ass font that it's they use for every single game. font. Right, yeah. So it's just yeah, what the who the fuck chose to do that? And what's funny <laughs> is you bring that up like okay, I want to talk about these now. And like on page five here of the uh, of the issue, and, and I feel like this is not actually a bad cover as far as the Sega Master System covers go. No, it's like, not the worst Whitney Link. But they all suck, but like yeah. this still sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this uh, is yeah, good as it gets, and it sucks. They tried to create, yeah, because that, that's the whole thing. Like it doesn't. None of them paint. Uh, and you know that's actually what I'm getting into here. There, it, it, there's. I found this piece. Uh, on timewarpgamer.com that uh, it was a, comparat- a comparative analysis article on this idea, basically. And it, it, it did a, a visual pitting of the U.S. release art of Sega games next to their Japanese counterparts. And it's fucking night and day, dude. Right. Like, there's so much color and intrigue built into the Japanese versions. It's, it's genuinely astonishing that someone drawing a salary made these creative decisions like honestly it's fucking it's mind-blowing man because yeah they and afterburner does it a little bit like they try to like you know the bottom there you have some water and it like creates basically an, a real background to a game but a ton of these games are just like a sprite or, or, or a, a art rendition of one of the game sprites over top that boring ass uh fucking patchwork flannel whatever the hell you want to call that background graph paper yeah, it's yeah. it's fucked up because, like, I mean, honestly, unless you uh, unless people who are listening are looking at this shit, and if you've never seen one, you have to see it because it is really like the. I mean, this is like when somebody says, "Man, you really phoned it in." Like, <laughs> yeah. This is what they're talking about. This, this is a perfect embodiment of that. Yeah, they put no fucking effort into making this look good at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I mean, is crazy. After- you feel like you'd you'd make it look interesting almost by accident. Well, yeah. Well, Afterburner, it's a fucking jet fighting game. Like, like that is on, like modified. Yeah, the 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 or, 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 or yeah, but not personified. But 
it is it's all action and and you know like the cover art for the magazine like again that is awesome uh art and like that should have been the box cover just for put sure. that on the box like yep. and you're good to go yep yep even with those even with the shitty bullet points on it fuck it doesn't matter still better <laughs> <laughs> right because this graph paper shit really sucks yeah uh yeah i'll put that in the show notes dude it's it's an, a jab i recommend look uh looking it up i'll email it to you afterwards it is a very 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 interesting comparison yeah uh, side by side of all of them really cool so I did fire this up and I played it into the second stage. It is very arcadey. Uh, like there's just something about when you f- first fire it up, uh, the text overlay at the beginning of the stages. Uh, it just like you're kind of like you're going and it gives you it drops this text like you're already flying, but you can't control yourself yet. So like arcade, I don't know, I just feel like that was an arcade thing. Like with the start of stages and stuff, it was like, it was all about motion and action. And like, there's just, you know, there's no like stage select screen. You're like, you're going, you're always going. There's no, there's, there's a lot less dedicated to story development or anything right. like that. You know, it's just like constant gameplay. And, and uh, the opening of this very much made me think of that. And, you know, it's a port, so that makes total sense. You know, it's not surprising. Uh, the animation is is pretty fucking choppy in the gameplay. And that coupled with an already kind of like, it's just an erratic gameplay style. I mean, you're flying around and you have you know, fucking, you can turn uh, extreme angles and shit and like it's just a, it's very erratic gameplay even if it wasn't choppy but add the choppy and it, it made it i don't know it was it was really hard to strategically target enemies uh and, and and by a little ways through the first level it turned into much more of just kind of a button jamming fest and like at the last second you can maybe avoid enemy missiles so there was some tactical um effort behind that but um yeah, I don't know. I never got to the refueling plane, uh, so I can't factor that into my decision, but I think I'd rather play Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's saying something, because that game's not very good. Yeah, well, not, yeah. I don't know. I, the gameplay of Top Gun, much of it is, is kind of fun. We talked about that, but it's just, yes, there's things, some very, very uh, serious uh, embargoes, gameplay embargoes, <laughs> you know, in Top Gun that you can't you can't avoid, and it makes it hard to play uh, in the overall. But the actual gameplay before you get to those is pretty good, I think. In Top Gun. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I should say it's not a. I, I just didn't care for the game all that much, but I, I can see it was the goddamn refueling, anyways. Yeah. Yep. 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 And the landing. The landing was also a motherfucker. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the next up, we get Zaxxon 3D, a uh, feature for that, and it sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> I like the word Zaxxon. That sounds cool. No, I don't mean the name. I mean the game, like oh. the description of the gameplay. Uh, it's the end paragraph uh, teases what seems like, uh, on top of the gameplay, this, this stood out to me, the, the end paragraph teases what seems like one of those notoriously disappointing game endings where all you get is a line of text on the screen saying the game is over. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it tells you uh, to complete your mission, you must go through nine rounds of enticing deep space battle. If you complete the ninth section, you will see the message mission complete. Then the game is over. Or is it? You'll have to play to find out. Like uh, what? It t- God damn it. Could you please just tell me? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not even. Yeah. There's this like, no, not even tell me. Like, I don't I don't even even telling me I don't care. <laughs> no, I, I mean like as you're playing the game like i don't know is the game over or not like uh, well yeah that but on top of that the fact that like th- th- that's their tease like that like as if that's going to entice you to want to play this game to oh go through the, i see go through right. the whole game and then you just get mission complete <laughs> right right get awesome 
Uh, that was worth it. And yeah, so I tried playing it without the 3D scoping, uh, and it's like a kind of a, just a fucking epileptic seizure of a game. Sure. Um, but uh, even when taking that into consideration, I mean, I could tell the game sucked. You know, even realizing that, yeah, you because know, I was playing. You know, you supposedly need the scope thing to make it really play uh but you can get a feel for it it's just a little kind of two images you know you can get a feel for how it goes and it was not fucking did not seem good yeah we can tell i think you know we played enough video games that we can tell when a game's (laughs) good or not yeah so the flip side you get a uh you get some more pumping of the sega scope before getting into a zillion feature and the box card, or the box card, the box god, cover, dude. This, oh my god, dude. this was, uh, this actually, was, this box cover was like kind of the feature example in that article I mentioned earlier. And, and, and it should be. Yeah, and it's described there, uh, <laughs> it's described there uh, as, as the whole cover just being a fucking microwave, and a poorly drawn one at that. <laughs> wow, it does look like a microwave, yeah. yeah. It looks like fucking, uh, like, word processing software. <laughs> yeah perhaps that's yeah. what it looks yeah. like to me yeah yeah just oh it's screen right fucking yeah awful so yeah it tells you there's a there's a blurb here the uh, your your mission this is in quotations your mission is complicated and dangerous you must find five floppy disks which, which sounds mm-hmm. like the, the least dangerous uh and complicated mission ever but um yeah uh, i thought it was funny so it, it it actually sounds like a potentially cool puzzle game though like really get into the gameplay and you know, it tells you you're gonna have to write shit down, and you got to decipher encrypted messages within the gameplay, which is you know that kind of like uh, we've talked about it. Uh, what what the hell was it in the last? Uh, oh, with Metal Gear, you just got like you got to jot a few things down. The um, the transceiver frequencies, you know. Oh right, right, like, right. Little, this little, you know, not, I don't want a fucking million things I got to deal with and keep records for, but it is cool just to have a little bit of like, okay, I got to stop, think for a second, write some shit down. I might have to refer to this later. Like that's kind of a cool immersion tactic for for a video game that, uh, particularly at this level of advancement in in the whole timeline of video game development, uh, is very cool to me. Yeah. And uh, they tease at the bottom here, and they're giving away a free map if you order the game from the issues order form. And the only trace of this map I could find are is a very small scan and a message board thread that it's black and white and pretty crude, but it is very interesting. And uh, I was able to hunt it down. I'll drop that into the show notes. It's pretty cool to look at. It's like, you know, <laughs> comparatively, again, I guess just we just played Metal Gear. It's the best example of like a map that you could get for a game because it's complicated enough to need one. And it, And the Metal Gear map, while cool and... You know, it has everything in the game. It is still a little crude. You know, there we we mentioned how it's far from a perfect layout or anything uh, for a map. Uh, but the zillion, it's definitely it's more. It's even more so. It's it looks like almost hand drawn kind of deal. Um, but I did fire this up, and there's a immediately a lot of information that gets thrown at you uh, right at the beginning here. It's um, and it's very complicated. But pretty much immediately upon firing it up, I was like, yes, I would like a map. <laughs> like it I definitely, it turns out I definitely want that. Yeah, I definitely want that fucking map. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, playing it, it, I quickly realized, kind of like Metal Gear Metroid, this is not a game to just pick up and fuck around with. You need to sit down and focus to get anything out of it. But I was very open to doing so uh, after playing it. Like it's Again, this is one of, this is one of the games when I mentioned kind of I, I felt almost like I was playing a Genesis game. 
a great deal of this feels like a Genesis game to me in gameplay, in graphics. Uh, and like I said, there's some depth to it that it made it intriguing from like a cerebral standpoint. <laughs> that made me kind of want to know more. But it's not, again, like I said, it would be something you have to sit down and do dedicated, which is kind of, you know, um, game episode type stuff not yep that was that was one of mine i looked at and i said actually you know doesn't look all that bad yeah no i yeah it's not bad at all dude it's not not definitely not like fuck this put it down immediately which you know some games can be (laughs) right definitely right right so that's zillions surprisingly because we said like i said seeing that cover my my first thought was oh how bad is this gonna be (laughs) yeah it looks like microsoft which fuck dude like that's that's the whole system in a nutshell like this is maybe the most interesting game so far and this never would have picked it up never think about walking down an aisle yeah all the video games available to you as a kid even if you're relegated to just sega and you you can't even go into the nintendo section like uh, who the fuck is picking this up? <laughs> right, I'm trying to picture like a kid, like, okay, like your parents take you, okay, you, you were good, or you got a good report card, like you can get a game, and you're like walking down the fucking aisle, like, oh, I want to get Zillion. Like, no, you don't, because the no, fucking cover looks like shit. Yeah, we don't want, yeah, we're not buying this microwave game. So yeah, pick, we're some, not pick, something, pick something you're not going to bitch about this afternoon. <laughs> right, like you forget sometimes that your kid is stupid. You're like, "No, no, you need to buy a, a video game. <laughs> Not a Microsoft fucking or uh, a fucking microwave yeah. repair manual." <laughs> yeah, 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 or, yeah, word processing software. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you I don't think you need productivity software, son. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're talking about video games here, kid. <laughs> yeah. Hang in there. Right, right. So on the next flip page, you get a full pager for global defense, and you also get it. Say again. This looks fun. Yeah, that well, the, yeah, the, the screenshots are cool. This well, I yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll get to it. The fucking there's also an ad for great golf too here, but um, yeah, the I great golf caught my attention first, so I dealt with that before I dealt with global defense, and. It was interesting to me because their whole sports series. I saw this in the order form on the pre. That's what. That's how I knew this. But their whole sports series is called this. It's like great golf, great football, great baseball, and that's another perfect example of just like how boring can we make the language? You know, right. like great, great golf. Like great is the worst fucking word you could put before a sports game. Like it's like I mean, no, it's not the worst, but it is fucking awfully boring. You know, it's it is awfully, awfully, awfully boring of a choice. For your adjective, if you're gonna if you're gonna attack an adjective on, you know why why it should maybe it, it shouldn't even be an adjective it should be a noun like fucking right. or verb action football you know <laughs> like or you know like something I don't know something to me if they're using the word great my cynical mind immediately goes then it's not great yeah exactly like it sounds like you're trying to convince me of something that's not <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so fuck you so uh, yeah to do, do a whole like you said to do all of their sports games like oh it's great baseball like. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, like it's just boring. Like any, and you could get like what was the golfer that did the uh, that we had to look him up. He was kind of like he was one of the first Latin golfers. Yeah, the Hispanic. uh, uh, I want to say Lee Trevino. Was that it? Yeah, Trevino. Yeah, like you don't have to fighting golf. Yeah, right. So like, okay, if you've got great football, like you don't got to go out and get Joe Montana, like. I don't know, man. Boomer Esiason's probably available for like a third the price. <laughs> Boomer Esiason's football and call it a day, dude. Don't call it great football. Right. Yep. 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 And they, you know, they that's that's uh, 
that's a, a really high concept uh, discussion, but you know, uh, you know, fucking Nintendo's licensing Mike Tyson. Uh, you're licensing Monopoly, right? And that that is your that is your that is your again your a, a carnal marketing difference uh, as far as intrigue goes of what you're licensing. And you know what? Nintendo only paid Mike Tyson fifty grand. Remember, they probably yeah, paid yeah. more than that. They probably paid way more than that to license Monopoly. <laughs> like fucking way more. Yeah, you, you um, could have gotten fucking. Yeah, you could have gotten a lot of fucking... You could have gotten a guy for each fucking sports game to do that shit and probably not even paid that much. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I bet, you know, I did, clearly I'm entirely spitballing and, and I, I there'd be I very likely no way to find out. But, I mean, I would, you know, even at $88, I mean, you're paying a, a big company, at Parker Brothers, I think, owns fucking yep. Monopoly, like a big company like that for that known of a brand. They're probably, you know, fucking a half million dollars or a quarter million dollars. Some have seen a number amount of money uh, right. that, yeah, you could e- easily get all the boomer sizes in the world you wanted. <laughs> exactly. Again, I'm sure Jeff Bagwell could not wait to endorse a baseball game. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, dude. No, so there's know. probably there's probably like fucking may, maybe there's like one of the marketing guys that worked for Sega. Maybe he's listening to this and he's just going, "You motherfuckers yeah. have no idea what you're talking about." I'm so Fuck. pissed off. You dipshits. You don't know shit. Right. And Josh wants to hear from you if you're out there, so you should. Write yeah, by all means, tweet tweet me tweet me, bro. Uh, <laughs> there's no chance in hell that anyone that's on the uh, core '80s Sega of America team is listening to our podcast. I would be. Mind blown. <laughs> I don't know that for sure, Josh. I don't know that for sure. You're right. I don't know. I don't know anything for sure, Jeb. That's a good. But, point. anyways, I fired this up, and it's fucking not a bad golf game. It's not a yeah. great one either, but it's not a fucking bad golf game. Um, it's maybe a little tediously simulation focused for this generation of console. You know, there's like there's a lot of steps to getting to the whacking of the ball. <laughs> you know, like right. a lot of a lot of used you got to hit a lot of buttons to get going and it's kind of a little clunky in that regard um nes's golf had a better again if you're going to be comparative had a better understanding of that kind of you just like line up the arrow you're doing the power hit the ball button and you got to hit it twice to deal with the power meter and that's all that's your entire gameplay action this this required for each whack of the ball like probably six or seven keystrokes which is too much for each whack you know especially Uh, for golf and also in this game, the wind physics are bat shit insane. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing and I was like, every time I hit the ball, the the effect, uh, <laughs> like, because it's funny too. It's funny that the that the wind physics are bat shit insane because it has this this. Uh, <laughs> it's like, so you have two buttons, right? I mean, that's your entire control set is two buttons. One button gets you through all those menus. When you're, so you line up at the tee box, right? One button gets you through all those menus where you're picking the fucking direction, you're picking your club, you're picking your foot stance, all these different fucking things. And, fucking then the, yeah, and then the other button does one thing, dude. And here's what it is. You hit the button, and he, your, your character picks up a tuft of grass off the ground and tosses it in the air as a wind direction measuring tool. It's hilarious. And, like, you're supposed to, within the confines of this game's physics, ascertain... I mean, it tells you the means. wind... Yeah, it tells you the wind speed, too, and, like, a, you know, kind of a, a numbers layout in the corner with all the other stats, but you're supposed to ascertain by how this grass flies out of your hand, like, how that would affect your shot decision-making and, uh, or shot approach, rather. And, uh, I don't know. And it's now, my insane. question for that is, was there any correlation to um, the animation and what happened to the ball once you hit it. Maybe, but I mean, it's such a rudiment. Like, how could you really 
No. I mean, not not an application. Maybe in theory, yes. And maybe if I played it enough and lit because that's, that's the thing with something like that in a game, in a video game uh, at this level. You don't get, you know, a, a modern golf game, there's going to be a borderline infinite number, infinite number of end results to how that grass comes out of your hand, right? Like based on what the actual wind physics that are hopefully much more well done um, would affect it or how those would affect it. In a game like this, there's probably like four different results. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're just going to be categories of the wind speeds, like from zero to six miles an hour does this just little slightly thing. And then from six miles to 15 miles an hour, you're getting fucking this animation. It's more pronounced, right? So like you would, once you figured out like what exact, what are those exact, and you would, if you played the game enough, what are the exact four, like what are the exact four flow charts I need to do in response to that one specific outcome you know and that's right. how you would that's how it would yes have application but as far as just like understanding real world physics and looking at that and going okay then i know what i need to do no <laughs> like right, no chance right. in hell uh, <laughs> which was fucking funny to me but um yeah so you know like i said fucking Very problems meh game faults just like all the other golf games but not atrocious by any length not the worst right. thing ever now did you get um, to play um global defense I did. I, I actually, we, we talked about it very briefly because uh, it was in the checklist and I did play it. And I said, this was the one that I said was had kind of a weird, you're like just kind of floating through space. And it looks cool. It looks very cool and it looks very interesting. Uh, and the mechanics are kind of interesting that you're kind of moving this target around and kind of trying to hit things and shit. It's a little asteroidsy, you know? Yeah, it looks look at, like asteroids. Yeah, but but uh, much, I mean, clearly much <laughs> asteroids is, is bigger. Uh, certainly much more uh, more to it than that, but I think it goes without saying. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, again, I think I think my exact thing, if I recall correctly, was that it's you know it it seemed interesting and intriguing by space shooter standards, uh, but it was still a space shooter, <laughs> right? Uh, not my favorite deal. Um, but you know, if you're if I would, it, it was not bad enough to where I wouldn't say give it a whirl. You know, go ahead and right. try it. Out. Um, if you're into that sort of deal. And then next up, we get scoreboard and tips from the team on the next page. And there's a zillion tip uh, here in the, the tips from the team. When you come to a dead end, shoot the wall in front of you 8 to 15 times to open up secret passages. And that is a completely insane number range to use. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> It's fucking completely insane. <laughs> uh, then again, it did come from fifteen-year-old uh, Kirsty Hansen. From, yes, and that guy, um, and that it, like Kirsty, Kirsty, girl, Kirsty. It looks like a girl, yeah, Kirsty. That's a little bit of a multi-gender name, possibly, but right. more more likely than not, yes, probably, probably. Well, that girl is probably today cutting up bodies in her bathtub. That's my. <laughs> Because, because you have to be fucking insane to use that number range. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if it was like, uh, if like some walls took eight shots, but some walls took 15 shots and some took 12, or if she just didn't know what the hell she was talking about and just Spitball? yeah, I don't know, man. went seen... blazing at the end of this hallway until the door <laughs> opened up. Yeah, it seems, sure seems I really like a, don't know. Sure seems like a spitball to me. Um, and again, yeah, I mean, I mentioned on the last one, but it's, it's you know, we, they have the scores for OutRun here, and next issue, they're challenging you for Afterburner, and I think that's very cool, again, that they're, you know, challenging you on a specific game. Notice anything it, about the scoreboard? I did. Um, yeah. What the fuck is Richard Hardy, 22-year-old, doing competing with these 11-year-olds? What do you mean? He's number, well, he's number one. He scored the most in OutRun. He's Which makes 22. sense. 
<laughs> yeah. I makes sense, but yeah, he's, maybe, maybe there should have been some editorial choices by the, the team here. But I mean, you know, they don't want to. Especially, we talked about this. Sega is trying, you know, not afraid to skew older. They that's kind of part of their yeah. deal. They want to capture what they maybe see as a somewhat unclaimed market opportunity. You know, right? So, so I feel maybe, bad for Ryan Pearson, age eleven, who got second place. Probably should have gotten first. But yeah, what can you, yeah welcome There's, to the world, Ryan. Should have, there should have been. Uh, you should have put that. You should. Jab, where were you at on the comment section, the comment uh, form? You could have mailed it in and said, listen, I think we need to tier our scoreboard with age ranges. I was four years old and dealing yeah. with the divorce of my parents. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that one. Uh, could have even said, I noticed was, you, uh, could, you could have even said 8 to 15. You should have, there should have been an 8 to 15 bracket and a 16 and up bracket. Right, yeah. Actually, <laughs> Uh, the second thing I noticed about the scoreboard was I think uh, J.R. Pena, uh, nine years old from San, T- San Antonio, Texas. I think he was in the uh, first episode or first episode. God damn it. First issue uh, in the uh, scoreboard. So he's on here for the second time. Yeah, he's, he's probably J.R. is prolific. Yeah. Just, just what's, her, what's her name from whatever that issue of Nintendo Funk Club News was? A prolific child. Right. I wonder what he's up to. I like to Google his ass. Oh, yeah, he's nine, so he was born in, what, 79, I think? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So two years older than me. Yep. Probably also probably fucking... Probably cutting four. up bodies with Kirsty Hansen. <laughs> no, I was going to... Well, if he's... I was going to say with his high scores, he's, you know, high, high, prolific child, maybe also running a Fortune 500 company, just like that other kid. I'll Google <clears> it. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do that later on our research, our post-research. So the next page is a ton of fun. <laughs> uh, we get a couple Sega proprietary mail-order ads here that are a lot going on with them, man. They're, the top half is for a turbo controller peripheral, and I've never seen anything like this before. Nope. It's a controller adapter that you plug your controller into and then plug the adapter into the port on your system unit. And it turns the button depressions automatically into rapid fire. There's no like switch or anything that I see on it to turn it off. So you, if you're using this, your button depressions are automatically rapid fire. And that's never seen that before. That's an interesting peripheral as opposed right. to having controllers that, you know, do that. <laughs> um, never uh, really saw it again either. Yeah. Yeah. You never, do, well, do you it, think it... It's in the order forms. But, uh, yeah, you don't get another ad for it or anything. No, what I mean, like, is... Oh, like, another... It's not like Super Nintendo then did this. No, perfect. It's fucking asinine functionality that you can, easily, like I said, build into an actual controller. And, you know, it has some... I don't know. A dial or a button to toggle it. Like, that's just infinitely better functionality than automatically, and you have to plug it in before you play. And that's a good point, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, like, if you didn't want... To be using turbo, like you got to pause the game, unplug, pause it back in, or plug it back in. Right. Well, not pause. You're turning it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn to are... unplug the thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess maybe not. But I mean, I know with a Nintendo, odds are if you're unplugging and plugging in controllers while it's on, you're probably freezing the system. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, uh, what was it? N64. Like, you could if your if your you know directional pad or your joystick was like slightly pushed one way when the game started up it registered that as zero and then you were just fucked you had to turn the game off right for sure yeah the so the market price on this was was 12 bucks or the the msrp or not the msrp they it wasn't recommended that's what they charged for it it was was proprietary uh and in 2019 dollars that's 25.779 so about what cost yeah 
um, which is more, way more. I mean, I paid $12 for two of those USB NES controllers, just to give you some idea. Oh, yeah, <laughs> if, if there was a fucking modification for my Xbox One controller and it costs 25 <laughs> bucks, I would not buy it. Yeah, for no fuck. way. No chance. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. The bottom ad is flat out fucking insane. Yeah, it is a trip. <laughs> yeah, it's a VHS cassette of gameplay footage slash previews being oh, sold for $7. It looks incredible. It looks it. Oh, oh dude. Don't worry. You can watch it. it. There, There is footage from 10 games. It tells you to experience the thrills, which is quite the stretch for watching gameplay footage. <laughs> uh, and I want to hate this. I want to hate that they're selling this. But oh, I don't. I, I want to. I want to love it. I periodically watch playthroughs of games on YouTube all the time. And if Mad Mike is putting the bill on this in 1988, I am probably I'm I'm diving in. I'm all for it. You know. I definitely want to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, that. But you know, on the flip side of that, though, you know. Watching those YouTube videos now are nostalgia trips. I have zero interest in watching someone play modern games. Like a modern footage of, of a, of a, or rather footage of a modern game uh, would be of no interest to me whatsoever. So maybe, you know, I don't know that that's, but I'm also not a kid anymore. So who knows, you know? <laughs> um, I do have a little bit of scarcity with my time. It's not like I really have a job or anything, but um, that was whatever. So I, I, I like, uh, yeah, like, well, anyways, that that's not the point. Going on. <laughs> well, anyways, you said you want to watch them. Great news. The Internet's incredible. This tape is on YouTube. Yeah, uh, no effort to edit it, edit excite like the, as far as what the actual not not the edit on YouTube, like the actual footage of the uh, that was on this tape. There is no effort to edit it excitingly at all. It's just dude, straight forward gameplay footage, including like player deaths and them restarting yeah. like screen and shit like i was laughing my fucking ass off watching and it, there's dude. no narration there's no overlying music uh explanations no, no nothing. nothing it is just cut to cut to cut to cut they just play somebody played it. they record now how did they record it uh well i mean you know it was probably a, i mean dude you could the same way you recorded a television uh, uh um, television programming back then, like you could record on a VC. I mean, I, honestly, I have tons of tapes of right. shit. I, I can't forgot that you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you would just run the the coax into the back of the VCR, and right. then co coax out of the back of the VCR um, to the TV. Into the TV, you know. Uh, so you could you could just you just you would plug your cable box into the VCR, and then you hit record and play at the same yep. time, yep. and you're rolling. And that's it's exactly how it felt. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, in, it's in three parts, three different like ten minute ish videos uh, that I will of course put in the show notes. And oh my god, man, uh, yeah. So it, it's incredibly interesting to watch. The whole thing is is fucking uh, intriguing, just in, in a general sense. But at the very end, they show the kid, so that they that's they had a kid into Sega HQ to play the games. Like it's not it, it is an actual person theoretically supposedly anyways that's playing these games and it is a child uh and they show him at the end they show like they superimpose him onto the screen of over over the end of a, whatever the last game is and uh oh my god <laughs> he is his name is michael craig he is fucking fantastic uh i feel like maybe i sent you this because i posted it on reddit and i again crushed it i think i think i have i think i have figured out the algorithm for crushing things on reddit in, in the video game space <laughs> Uh, yeah, I posted the screenshot. He's got a spike and a mullet hairdo all in one. Mm -hmm. And 
and then a job playing games at Sega headquarters. Uh, the kid had it fucking all, man. <laughs> you, know? you say uh, you sent me this? Uh, I'm pretty sure. If not, I will after the fact here. And yeah, I posted on Reddit, uh, and it yeah, it was the top post on the Sega Reddit for a while. So again, yeah, I, f- I think I figured out the the, the way to, to the way to hack into that. <laughs> oh, good. You can get your 47 karma from each post and take <laughs> well, that to the bank. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a, yeah. It, it was funny too. It's funny you say like a specific number because that is about what I got on the ticket. Oh, I know, I checked. The okay, the top post on Sega. Uh, I know I, when you posted my my link game. Right. Well, that was only um, on Reddit. Only, it got a, that only clocked in like a dozen or so. But the the top when I did that Metal Gear post, it was in the it was like a couple hundred. Uh, I feel like most people like that link post probably because of my dog being in there too. Probably yeah, for sure. Uh, without a doubt, yeah. So. That's a nice uh, dick dick measuring uh, conversation there about how many how much karma we got on the Reddit post. Forty seven is the number. <laughs> Hang on tight, everybody. But yeah, I'll put I'll put that I'll put the the link to that Reddit post in the show notes just because it's incredible to look at. Uh, and it's yeah, he is inc- so fucking amazing looking. It's yeah, great. I'll definitely check that out. I have not seen it. He's super funny. Well, after that, we got another page of fucking checklists, which yep. I just love. Up to 43 titles now. They've added five. And they Not note all... the new ones as Tech Adventure <laughs> jumps out. Right, 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 right. Uh, so, yeah, nothing really all that conversation worthy with that, though, otherwise. Oh, the and... last issue, uh, Penguin Land, was not out. It was coming soon. Now right. it's out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds, well, it's I all... don't know why. It sounds fucking fun, man. Penguin Land? That sounds like a blast. Uh, I I think I got to it, didn't it? I... Is that? When the fuck is that? You tell me. Uh... Did I play that? I, th- I remember downloading it. Did I not play it? Oh, yeah. I... It's in the first issue here. Uh, I think maybe I fired up and it was shit. Ah, damn it. Uh, I didn't even mention worth, worth um, Garner mentioning. Didn't warrant mentioning. I had high hopes for it. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, Tech Talk next, and that is on the Light Phaser, which I already mentioned is a cool fucking name. Uh, and you get the, uh, the hotline ad, uh, you get a very interesting little blurb about swapping game carts with your friends here, yeah. too. Uh, this might be a little heady, but that's the kind of thing a company says when they're more concerned about gaining market share than immediate revenue or profit. It's kind of my thought on that. You know, It's like, that is an example of like just trying to create awareness, because it is, it does compromise revenue. You know? Sales, right. Uh, but that was not the most important thing to them, and they understood that. So at least right. they had an idea of their shortcomings. <laughs> like, even now, like, that's starting to become, like, a thing that that game game companies are, you know, they're concerned with. And, like, I know when Xbox One and PS4 were going to come out, there was rumors that they were going to, I think maybe just Xbox One at least, was going to be, like, no physical copies of the game. And the gaming community went fucking insane about it. Sick, right? Yeah, which I don't blame them for. Like, I would not, I don't want that to be a thing either. But it's sounding like it's going to be a thing for the next generation of consoles. Yeah, I mean, there's some point. I mean, I, you know, I'm, uh, I've, I've, you know, I, I buy, I don't like Spotify. I buy the fucking MP3s on iTunes because I, even, even if it's just a digital version, I like to uh, theoretically have the thing. Um, I am, you know, that's maybe one of my, I, I think I'm rather fucking progressively focused when it comes to technology, but that's one aspect that I'm probably a little archaically minded. I just like, 
to have the thing. I want to own it. Um, and uh, I certainly like when I first saw the limited. <clears throat> um, I've gotten bored of it now. I still think I get the newsletter. But when I first got wind of limited game runs or limited run games or whatever it is, I was like, oh, that's super cool. Like a company that's taking indie games and they <clears throat> that would never get a physical release of any kind. And they're doing a physical release of it in a limited way. And they have the readership to warrant you know, to, to be able to monetize it in a way that works, um, you know, to, cause that's the whole thing. Like an indie game doesn't have the audience to fucking warrant printing up 2000 of these or 4,000 of these fucking games. Cause they're not sure if they're going to sell them. I know this from the movies that I do. Like if, you know, we do a little movie for a small amount of money, like I'm not sure what the market's going to be. So we don't want to dump money into a physical. Yeah. If you got 400 left over, like then you just fucked yourself. Yeah. You're eating that. So yeah, I mean, right. uh, with the indie developer, that's, that's certainly on their mind. So it's cool that a company's doing that. Um, I've gotten bored of it and fucking kind of whatever, but I, I don't, I'm not even concerned. Well, when it comes to music, you'd probably be better off buying the, uh, if, if you're going for the whole album, just buy the actual, you know, like the album buy the actual physical album and they come with download codes. Right. Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, well, they, yeah, I mean, that's the, and if you uh, don't care about the album, you can either fucking throw it in the trash or you can sell it online. You'd probably get the shit, you know, get the download code essentially for free. So that is, that is, if I wanted to go through that much work for it, no doubt. Um, yeah, I buy, I'm buy that sing, singular tracks. Usually I'm not really, I, I usually don't buy a whole album. Uh, right. Um, but whatever, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting little thing down there because, uh, that's not the last time that the gaming community is going to deal with this idea, and right. it's going to get worse actually eventually. Of course, so. I mean, yeah, but yeah. I was, also, I was getting that too. You know, there's a there's a point. I mean, it's just you know, it's you got your it's fucking. Eventually, I mean, this again, this is way high concept and maybe a little fucking soapboxy, but like as a fucking culture, we got to stop creating plastic and shit that gets thrown away. You know what I mean? Also, like, that right. Like, like so, like while yes, like there's like this like uh, whatever like the within the confines of the gaming thing itself, but there's also this much higher, more important aspect Big to it. Picture, like, you know, like it. You there's the the only thing you're losing by creating it by going all digital like that is yes you fucking strumming your nostalgia jerk off thing and like there's a point where as humanity we got to just like stop doing that (laughs) right like one i'm looking at it right now like one day either like a year from now or like when i die you know many years from now hopefully like the fucking the way that my subnautica game ends is it's gonna end up in a landfill somewhere yep and that's not good (laughs) yep that's really bad but that's honestly that's one of the better possibilities. That's one of the better possibilities. Yeah, it's could it could very well end up. I I, I was listening to a listen to Star Ta- Star Talk, which is a podcast Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like everything podcast. in my house is going to end up in the trash one day. That is terrible. Right. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I was listening to the there was an interview with Al Gore, one of the recent episodes, and they were talking about you know Al Gore is obviously all, all conservation ish stuff mm-hmm. that he's dealing with mostly politically, uh, at least what he's soapboxing about. And he said that there is now, <clears throat> as far as like uh, total weight, total mass, or total whatever the measuring unit would be, the metric would be, there is more plastics in the ocean than life. Yeah. Than, than, than life form, uh, just like total matter, you know, yeah. uh, which is uh, not good. <laughs> yeah, that totally sucks, man. Yes. Yep. And this is not a conservation or a environmentalist podcast. Or politics. Or politics, but So if you didn't turn this off, yeah, yeah, sticking we, with us. We, di- we digress. Uh, next up, you get the Sega Master Q&A and the Sign Up Your Friends section, and then into the inside-outside back cover pitching you their mail-order stuff. 
And what I noticed was their prices went up across the board, for one. And they are also super hot on Afterburner shit. (laughs) Yeah, and once again, they've got all this fucking, like, really well-designed, exciting, fun Afterburner content. Right, yeah. The the cover of the game sucks ass. Yeah, the poster looks fucking kind of cool. I found one on eBay. I looked for it. And uh, it actually, the one I found specifically <laughs> was came in like a package deal with a full case slash manual slash cart set of Rambo three, no less. And the whole deal was 22 bucks with the poster. That's uh, very affordable. The, yeah, yeah, very affordable. The item is located in Cleveland. Go grab that shit, dog. Oh, shit. <laughs> actually, send that to me when we're done. This uh, Sega Athletic bag is fucking hot, man. I would definitely yeah. take that to the gym. That's, it's such a super uh, 80s duffel bag. It's very, it is cool. Like the design of it is very cool. Right. Uh, the poster that I have one th- one note about the poster, it's not, and it tells you that the shit might be a little different than what's pictured, and it's very true because uh, the poster that I found, and I'm assuming I, there were a few of them, so I assume there were not multiple versions. I only found this one version, and it was different from this, but uh, it was kind of like that poster laid into a different layout like that entire poster is in is is part of it but it's all that stuff's there right but in in the same way it's like the entire rectangle sits on another layout basically Uh, uh and that's what the poster is so it was kind of interesting uh but still cool i still wanted it uh it is in the show notes or will be in the show notes so if you do want to grab a jab just jump in the show notes (laughs) we'll check it out (laughs) that's the end of uh no it's not i have not it's maybe the funnest thing of this issue to me actually really the right. mailing label is still on the scan. I meant to talk about it for the fucking first, uh, the first one. I wanted to shout out the uh, the owner of the original magazine that got scanned, but I didn't. Was that I didn't notice it on the first one? This is the first. It was, one. yeah. Oh uh, well, this guy's name is Roger Sakuma in Montebello, California, and if you want to know precisely how scary the internet is, oh, I gosh. found Roger's 1988 high school yearbook picture in seconds on Google with this information. God, <laughs> I hate the world. No, oh, nothing's sacred anymore. Yes, yeah, so type in Roger Sakuma, Montebello, California, into Google, and you can look at some some pretty dope 88 yearbook photos. Uh, that, that Shout out to Roger. Thanks yeah. for somehow having your magazine make it down to us. Yes, without a doubt. Yes, thank you for archiving. And whatever, whatever. Well, he may not have archived it himself. No, well, but, but he kept it in good enough condition to be archived. Correct. Even if he didn't do the archiving. And he that, had posterity in mind, and for yes. that, we appreciate it. Yeah, for that, we applaud and thank you. And that is it for issue two of Sega Challenge. That was the Missile Defense City Theme music bringing us back to start the third issue of Sega Challenge. Challenge, yeah, the Summer 88, summer 88 issue, and Shinobi is the face of this issue. And it looks like uh, Game Sprite art for, like, this is like a weird thing to me. It looks like Game Sprite art for the actual uh exposed part of his face and then illustration for the black hood covering the rest of his head you know yeah and it's like they tried to make the black part of the illustration like pixelated but didn't take the time to put in 90 degree angles (laughs) right 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 right. yeah uh and he's also cross-eyed which you know whatever from in most contexts but it seems like an odd design choice for an elite ninja protagonist <laughs> he's definitely yeah you would think that yeah for like typically like heroes and whatnot have like a good bit of symmetry going on this guy has a wonky eye yeah 
Not that people with eyes like that can't be ninjas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, not to not to suggest that. But uh, I do dig the tagline, Master the Ancient Ninja Rights. Sounds very cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then we get some bullet points that you can I can't wait to that. see the fucking cover for this because I, I'm like, you know, Master the Ancient. Oh, that sounds cool. And then you're going to see the cover and it's going to be fucking shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, the, yeah, the bullet points uh, introduce the mailbag section, which is about even worse than high scores is a pretty weak uh, second position selling point to me um, after the, after the lead dog there, Shinobi. And then we get Monopoly Wonder Boy and Monsterland Miracle Warriors primed uh, or, or teased rather. And then spotlight on customer service. To, it's amazing to me that they, this is like one of their cover cover things. Every time these fucking customers are these, employee spotlights <laughs> but uh yeah. this one's doing a customer service department employee uh not the biggest ticket item to be selling to kids i don't think and then there is an art contest which i think is cool and worthy of a cover mention so inside the first thing as always is a letter from commander ron and the toc uh he's got a whole paragraph on monopoly here and i just can't stress enough how fucking weird i think it is that they're making a big deal of this board game porting philosophy of theirs right uh, can't stress that enough (laughs) and like they put it in the bullet points in the first you know on the cover like oh yeah get the latest on monopoly let me stop you right there like like, like i already know the latest on monopoly dude (laughs) i know how to play the game there's like this isn't your own take on monopoly (laughs) if you do your own take on monopoly you know what that is a new game yeah for sure so what the fuck are we (laughs) talking about this for just say monopoly and i get it yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the, yeah. They're they're dangling it like it's the fucking just a carrot, man. Like you're like you were just fucking chomping I know at these the bit to get, want to that get the, next, the next bit of information about the Monopoly release, right? Uh, yeah. So they decide to get the issue rolling uh, with their cover touted mailbag feature here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's a uh, an absolute huge, huge LOL to me that the very first letter starts with a qualifier. For the most part, I think you did a fine job with the premiere issue. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah. God, and they can edit this stuff. They could have just taken that part yeah. out. And that's the first fucking one. Uh, <laughs> and less funny and even less surprising, uh, they chose a letter with that first one after that opening passage that talks about Monopoly. Talk about <laughs> a fucking course. Uh, and all they have to say about it is, yeah, it's going to be in the store soon. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. for more information on this game, who doesn't know literally everything there is? All the information on Monopoly. Fucking Christ. We already know. Yeah. And uh, another one. <laughs> There's no way that a real live human being, not employed by Sega, wrote the effusive second letter, supposedly from Brian Mason in Waukegan, Illinois. I, yeah, I noticed this too. <laughs> yeah. A privilege? Yeah, a fucking privilege to be a Sega owner. It has the best graphics around, and its sounds are in a class by its own. Uh, uh, it, which, I, they, I honestly, I think I think the second half is true. I've already said that, but you're not writing that letter unless you're employed at Sega. <laughs> right. I don't, like, and I, I, I like to think that I'm, like, a fairly, like, like self-aware person. I never felt like it's a privilege to own my <laughs> Xbox One, for instance. Yeah. 
I think uh, it's pretty cool. If, if, yeah, if you send Howie and drop that motherfucker off in my living room, he plugged it in, and we sat down, and we played a fucking game of Super Mario Bros. To, Brothers together and left a whole shit ton of cool games, and I didn't have to go to a store and buy them and beg Mad Mike for them. Like, maybe. Maybe then you get my allegiance to the level of privilege. Of privilege, yes. Uh, but, they it didn't. but I would still describe <laughs> it as, like, a privilege to hang out with, with fucking Ron. Like, that's all I would. I would never think that, like, it's a privilege to be a Sega owner. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's extreme. But then uh, again, this is all essentially a giant advertisement. So, right, right. This is to be expected. There's also no age on uh, Brian Mason from Waukegan, Illinois. Right, which is weird, but yeah, exactly. That's the only like, one that there's no age. Huge fucking red flag because the age, it's not even, you know, I don't know. I guess... Uh, uh, that's not crazy because he just didn't include it and like not everyone would think to add their fucking age to a letter perhaps but um yeah i don't know everyone else nope. thought to do it yeah no fucking way anyways the uh at the end here the editor mentions they are expanding from quarterly to bi-monthly in frequency with the mag because of popular demand so much like uh nintendo fun club news have been realizing that there's demand for this kind of product uh, they are increasing frequency and eventually maybe getting the seed ideas to make a full-on magazine that we will have uh, also in seven short issues. And then we get two pages of Hardcore Shinobi feature next. And I love, love, love the description of the protagonist in the game. You're an ordinary martial arts instructor most of the time, <laughs> but in times of crisis, you reveal your true identity as a master ninja. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, uh, other than just the... I got a lot of questions. Yeah, the, the, the flowery wording is fun, you know. I mean, I'll, you know, there's, that's not rare or anything. But the, the biggest takeaway for me was, so most of the time, you're just a really high aptitude person with the martial arts. Other times, you're a higher aptitude person with martial arts. <laughs> you know, right. like, you go from a person who is able to instruct people on martial arts to a high-level uh, executioner of those arts. You know, <laughs> like... It's right. not like it's not a big shift. It's not like Clark Kent, Superman. You know, <laughs> sometimes he's got to step it up a little bit. Yeah, it's just a slight uptick in his aptitude and application of his skill set. Uh, it's not like the biggest disguise or anything. You know, I don't know. For me, I was I like when I when I hear that, I'm just like, where do you live that these issues where you have to call on your martial arts arise so frequently? It sounds like you need to move. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You should you should consider what school district you reside in. Uh, <laughs> there are nicer neighborhoods. Out yeah, there. yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, there's nothing glaringly wrong with this copy uh, in, in the Shelby feature here, but both it and the lore of the game itself has kind of a reoccurring problem: a generic feel to it. Mm -hmm. relative to Nintendo flagship titles, um, which I believe Shinobi to be for Sega. Um, it's one of their, like, call, excuse me, calling cards, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and that, to me, you know, harks back to the thing we've talked about a lot, which is kind of just a shit job and a lack of effort on the marketing slash story build. I think, what's that guy, the fucking, the, the wild and wooly guy who comes up with the stories? It's just the one dude, that's the whole thing. Like, I'm sure Nintendo had at least a few people dealing with building story worlds, and it's just, and for Sega, it's just that one dude who's crazy. <laughs> yeah, is, it John, is it John Sawyer or whatever? John Sir, some shit like that, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, just that so one is, dude. Is, we didn't talk about this. Was that to imply that they just make, like, Sega just makes a game, and then they're like, oh, here, by the way, John, come up with a story? Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like to me, for sure. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what it seemed like to me, uh, which yep. is kind of fucking crazy. Yep, and that's why we get these bad stories. 
Right. Or great, depending on how you look at it. Right. Uh, so I fired this up, man. Uh, there's no fucking title screen music. Um, so, you know, normally big problem, but kind of like Metal Gear, I was able to find a narrative justification and it's ninjas, you know, silence. So ah, okay. maybe it's a creative choice, much like Metal Gear, where, you know, calm, centered and quiet is 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 how we should be introduced into this world, you know, right. We're fucking ninjas right. after all. Right. After all. And the art, you wanted to see the art, it's the same as the mag cover, um, basically, um, on, on, the, on the box cover. And the weird thing about it is, or rather the art, sorry, not we get for the box cover too, but the, the art here on the page, it's the same as the mag cover, but the ninja doesn't appear to have the cross-eyed thing going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mean, is it page, are we talking about page five? Yes, and no, in he the looks game, cross-eyed to me, man. Oh, sorry, I mean, I'm, well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking. In the game, like the so this this is the title screen of the game, right? That that right, picture right. is what comes up when you first turn the game on. And in the game, he is not cross-eyed for sure. Like one of the, <laughs> okay. I mean, because I know I I read these articles before I fire the game up, and that was like the first thing I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was promised a cross-eyed ninja. Yeah, why? What didn't the fuck I, happened? Yeah, why didn't I get that in the game? So, and maybe this is why the art ended up this way, but the title screen is just, yes, his head totally still and just his eyes are shifting back and forth, you know, which is again, kind of, uh, alluding to the way ninjas function, like very covertly and like, I don't know. It's, it's, Aware, it's, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a cool, uh, to me it was cool. I don't know. It's like, I really don't even want to try to explain it. It just was a cool design choice to me. So before the stage starts, playing the game they show you a file for the terrorist boss you're after and it's kind of reminded me of the Gunsmoke wanted posters and i thought right. that was cool too like telling you what your target is and kind of giving it this you know a tactical um component or or angle rather uh to to, to what your your goal is in the stage slash game and the first stage dude was kind of fun it, like there's a, like, again like a tactical angle to it that makes it more fun than just your common button jamming platformer that i really really appreciated and so yeah like the, the the core gameplay pretty good there's a bonus stage uh, after the first stage that i got that's like the shuriken throwing deal that was very difficult but it was fun um and i'm sure if you got good at it, it would be more fun so i thought is that it was like cool. the uh contra like hallway thing a little bit yes a little bit okay. yes yeah it's it, yeah it's perspective first kind of a first almost yeah first person perspective uh right um, even more because contrary, you can see your character. This it's just you can see the fucking hand flying out with the shurikens going. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First person versus third. Duh. Yeah, come on, Jeff, just cool. try to keep up. Um, which is cool. Uh, and then there, <laughs> going into the second stage, this was notable to me. There are what are unmistakably to me Marilyn Monroe posters all over the walls uh, <laughs> at the start of stage two, and it does not seem like something they would have paid the legitimate license. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but like incredibly deliberate. It's like an easily findable uh, screenshot image uh, that is kind of wild to me. So you're saying they they like it's close enough to where they would have had to have paid. For yes, that. I mean, dude, it's like unmistakably one of the like one of the one of the yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm not. Some so they're spending their money in all the wrong places. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just don't. There's no way. I just don't believe that they did, because uh, it would. I would think it would have been expensive. Yeah, I just don't see that happening. But right. at least I don't think. I guess I fucking. Yeah, but I then again, your lawyer has to come to you and be like, "Guys, you're yeah, gonna get fucked with that." Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're gonna get fucked with on that for sure. I don't know. You never know. Video games, weird, wild, wild west back then. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a Marilyn Monroe fucking enthusiast or anything, but to me, it seems like one of the very stock 
images of her if I, you know, if I'm placing it correctly. Right. Anyhow, the I also thought I thought the music blows in the game. That's one strike. But other than that, it was pretty fucking fun game, man. I, I had a really hard time with the first boss. Ken O is his name that you're targeting in that Looks dossier. Like a shredder ripoff there. A little bit, yeah. I, I can, yeah, I can get into that. Um, it is a fun game, though. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's the first of these games from all the ones that we've been through here that I put on my list, like as a game that you can just pick up and fuck around with and enjoy, you know. Right. So that was unexpected because Shinobi's one of the ones, you know. There's, there's so many. And the, the thing about not having been into Sega this early and not, you know, there's all these things that were like Shinobi was one of the ones that did get to me concept-wise. Like I knew Shinobi existed. That was again how I know it was one of their calling cards because like I remember seeing shit about Shinobi and the Shinobi. There are Shinobis on Genesis. Like I think Shinobi Three maybe on Genesis is one of the supposedly better games, even though I never got into that because uh, platformers were never really my thing. But, uh. Yeah, so you know, I was aware of this, and, and I didn't have, but I had no, I just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't know, I, and I just kind of expected the reason I didn't know about these things, because they weren't any good, and this was a surprisingly fun game to me, yeah. uh, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's, I'm excited, I guess, that we're they're experiencing this show for the first time, because it's like, finding finding new experiences in the retro gaming world is not easy for me, <laughs> at this right, point right. in my life, you know, uh, so I, I, that's cool. So the next thing going out of that is Monopoly. Finally, we were fucking oh, waiting. God. We had fucking just been dying for it. Now we got it. I, <laughs> need, to, I need to know. Yeah. Tell me about this Monopoly shit you got going. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah. I What's mean, funny is it opens up with, uh, let me read you the very beginning of the Monopoly piece. Quote, boardwalk, park place, the utilities, the railroads, <laughs> you know them all. Just a laundry list of the fucking Yeah, and then it says, you know them all. Yeah, Yeah. I do. So why are you reading them to me? (laughs) Why are you doing a fucking game piece on it? Like, uh, don't need to do this. I don't need to read the rest of this article because I know how to play Monopoly. Thanks. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, I already said it, but fucking Nintendo's doing Mike Tyson, Sega's fucking license to Monopoly. Like, case closed on the 8-bit console wars. That'll... Um, Yeah, and and dude, it starts with that awful beginning. The entire article goes on to explain to you the rules of Monopoly. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, dude. You've got to be fucking kidding me. You're really just going to... Ex- you're not... I mean... You're, you're, you can't be selling me Monopoly. That can't be what you're doing. You cannot be trying to sell me Monopoly. You need to... If anyone over there is thinking they, they are selling me Monopoly as a game, then you fucking are retarded. You're an idiot. Like, like You need to be selling me the video rendition of it somehow or another if you want me to go buy the video rendition of Monopoly. You know what I mean? Like, But yet, here we are. Yeah, they're you're not, trying you're not to sell supposed us. to say retarded. But that's bad. It's not PC, Jeb. But you I got not fired. Say retarded. Got fired up there. I got a fun. I, I issue. I issue an apology publicly right now. Immediately. That following. was not. We'll we'll do better. Uh, yeah, I got a funny story to tell you about that. I'm not <laughs> on air. <laughs> that's good. But uh, yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, yeah, Monopoly. So yes. uh, do you want to spend a lot of time talking about this? I'm sure there's a lot <laughs> no. to unpack. Or I, I, yeah, you know, actually, in fairness, the the the, uh, the 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 graphics look fun. Looks like there's animations for your pieces down there at the bottom. Like well, that, that, that was. I mean, that is that's a perfect example. That was uh, the Windows version that I had. That was always a fun thing to me. You see right. the car drives, and then you when you when and you, you would get... pick like the different pieces as you played. Like I wonder what how the hat moves. Like, right. Exactly. Okay. And, 
and and the chance and community chess cards would have they would be the, the little guy on them would be have like a very small animation instead of just a static card you know and like little things like that like that is yes that is an upsell idea that is a thing that gives you an advantage over the fucking board game version but tell me about that don't tell me about the rules of monopoly i know what the fucking rules of monopoly are right. <laughs> you know when uh, you pass go you collect 200 dollars yeah, fuck it fuck i'm going to lose my mind if you say some <laughs> shit like that to me <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, uh, unless you have any more you want to unpack about that, I would like to move on. No, I imagine we're going to get a lot of. Uh, you're going to get a lot of um, messages through the various social media platforms. People are going to be wanting to talk about Monopoly, so you yes. can handle we'll, that. We'll one. have to. Do, we'll have to do a whole special game episode of Monopoly. Well, that's going to be my vote for the game we played. <laughs> Hang on tight, everyone. <laughs> Hang on tight. Uh, so the next is Wonder Boy and Monsterland on the next page here. And we've already talked about but what a terrible, unimaginative title. Mm-hmm. The gameplay, based on the pictures and the way it's described, looks and sounds very Adventures of Linkish. Uh, it looks which, fun. Yeah, which is intriguing, right? And the, the copy advocates, uh, interestingly... Uh, I feel like the thing most talked about in the copy in this piece here is the drinking in taverns, and you know, I don't know, alcoholism. Alcoholism is bad, children. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. yeah. Like not yeah, the you know, things Nintendo bad. would never do. <laughs> yeah, talk about taverns constantly in a piece, uh, and drinking at them. But uh, I did fire it up, and the gameplay is nothing like Adventures of Link. <laughs> uh, but it was engaging. Uh, the the. the <laughs> Oh, immediately you do. It is funny that they talk about them a lot because the second door in the game is one of the taverns. Uh, and I was told, because I didn't have any money, you just started the game. I was told, come again when you have money by the bartender. And uh, I went in again right after that, and he told me to never come back. <laughs> yeah, which was very harsh. But it did remind me of my own personal approach to the job of bartending. Um my philosophy, my, my professional philosophy when I was a bartender all those years in New York, uh, it was very similar. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like most bartenders, if they had their way, would tell everyone to never come back. Right, but very few are able to because they'll get fired. Exactly. I, on the other hand, was fired from God knows how many bar jobs and didn't give a flying fuck, so I was like this. <laughs> right, so fuck them. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, oh, so, okay, so further the game, the, the status screen uh, has a lot of item shit going on that piques my interest. Kind of fucking, we've already talked about how, how much I like that, and that has this going on. And there is <laughs> a super cute little knocking animation your guy does before he goes in the doors that, that I really, really liked uh, that he did. And it also made me like this game a little bit. Yeah. And I, like, I, I found it was weird. Like, it's not the greatest game by any length. Like, it's definitely not as good as Adventures of Link by any means. But it was one of those things where it was weirdly engaging. Like, I'm pretty sure I didn't want to like it going into it, and I'm not sure that I did, but I was compelled to keep playing. Okay. <laughs> like, I played right. the, the first two levels, uh, what they called rounds. They call them rounds in the game. And um, there weren't, I mean, I, as much as I say it's not like Adventures of Link uh, entirely, they, that's, I feel like that's 100% what they were gunning for here. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it's, I would not be opposed to playing this more. Okay. So uh, it, again, it looks actually not bad. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not again kind of one of those things you can just and fuck it's a around platformer. With. You you navigate well, plat- and fight enemies and platformer, but a lot of RPG elements to it though. You know, oh, so much more. I, I love those actually. Right, exactly. Me too. That's, that's I'm sure that's part of what kept me going. But um, yeah, not opposed to playing that more. Okay. 
And the next thing is a full-on RPG. Miracle Warriors, Seal of the Dark Lord on the next page here. And I thought just like hearing the word and looking at the art, I was like, is that might be a fucking RPG. So I was excited. And I fired it up. And yes, or rather even reading the copy. Yes, definitely an RPG. And there's a passage here. You'll also come to four castles on your journey. Visit them all because good things will always happen there, which is a shaky guarantee for an RPG, seemingly. (laughs) Right. Um, And yeah, I mean, that kind of set the tone, I think. Uh, It mentions making your own maps of the dungeons. So I hope you ordered that graph paper off Amazon, Jab, before you... I have so much graph paper. We we talked about this. You don't have any, and that's weird. That's why I'm I'm saying I hope you you still have some. I have Uh, Great. And it also says the game pack comes with a pack and map. Uh, I googled this. It's fucking huge and awesome looking, dude. Really? Like, hanging oh. on my wall immediately awesome. Like, really, really, really fucking cool map. Uh, very, very well done. Like, it's, it's not it's not screenshots. It's like a very, it's almost, it reminds me, honestly, and almost as good, if not as good, as that map that comes with Skyrim, if you recall how cool that is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Really, the Skyrim map is off the fucking wall. I'm trying uh, to look it up here. Uh, oh, I actually fucking should not have done that. The podcast <laughs> is probably going to explode right now. <laughs> uh, is it blue and yellow? Uh, it was kind of well. It had like the the. It was brown. The uh, was it like the continents. Yeah, some green yeah. and white. Yeah, I mean, it's I I wouldn't say it's okay. Blue. I'm, I'm seeing it right. Blue. Yeah, I mean, it has like a graph overlay on it. I would say it's mostly like brownish yellows, uh, with put some art at the top. Um, smspower.org is the website that uh, type in smspower.org and then Miracle Warriors map and that's the one that's a really high quality scan that I found that I'll put in the show notes uh, that I uh, definitely recommend checking out it's fucking cool I would like to own that so I did fire this up and uh, I dig the name entry screen that you have to do at the beginning the music uh, and we will drop that in here uh, shortly. But uh, I had a really hard time with the game itself. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's like the name entry screen is kind of where my fun stopped on this, man. It was oh, like, I'm still not entirely sure I was moving around at all. Like, I don't really know, to be honest with you, the way just it's, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen a more confusing interface for, for, for a game like this. It kind of had a little bit of... <sighs> The Warriors of the Eternal Sun on Genesis, kind of that kind of like when you're in the caves thing, mm-hmm. uh, but way less decipherable as to whether you're actually moving around and like whether you're interacting with things. I don't know. It was fucked up. It was really okay. fucked up. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm seeing these like screenshots and like, as you know, when I see the screenshots, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely something I want to do. It looks like a game I'd be interested in, but yeah, I mean, I, but dude, I would tell you, I was, I was, I was like, oh my god, an RPG in the fucking game episode. Here we go, we're gonna get our first RPG. It's gonna be right. for sake. We're boner gonna be fucking, time. Yeah, boner time, and no, no boner time, bro. Uh, <laughs> hate when that happens. Yeah. Hate when boner time doesn't pan. <laughs> I know. I was expecting boner time, didn't get it. The next thing is a tip from the team, full page of it, and the only thing that I clocked on this worth mentioning was one of these, one of these tips is a pause menu gameplay mode toggle. Like, just a thing that you can toggle uh, uh, in the pause menu. <laughs> like, that's not a tip. It's not a tip. <laughs> it's an instruction manual tidbit. Yeah, <laughs> that is just how the game works. Right, yeah. Uh, so that tells you how useful these fucking things are. 
And the next up is our Sega Spotlight that they dropped at the back of the magazine here. So maybe they're getting a grasp. This is not maybe the most interesting thing that they do in these in these issues. Taking uh, up prime real estate in the other magazines. Right. Uh, and yeah, so this one, it's actually funny that it, this one's in the back because it's by far the best of them. <laughs> uh, and it is about... Uh, their customer service department, like the entire customer service department, not just one person, all their, uh, everyone that, that works in the department and it's all women. And that hmm. is pretty damn notable for 88. That uh, is. I don't necessarily think sticking women with like in phone based customer service jobs is all that notable, uh, at this time, but it is pretty cool to give them their own systems and have them fielding gameplay calls also. Like they are the game counselors basically. Uh, and it's the, the idea that it's all women that got, you know, like, again, not weird that, that, that women got it, but it's weird that they all women with that, you know, uh, yeah. no department at all. I feel is, is, is really, really notable and cool and progressive. Yeah, um, for sure. If deliberate, which hopefully it was, <laughs> it seems uh, like it was, I, you know, just be, yeah, it seems like it was. Right. To land with all women, it's got to be a choice, I would think. Right. But... You would think. And so the first one they talk about here is Judy Jett. And, or I don't know if she's the first one, but the first one that I, I wanted to talk about. <laughs> and she says that she met a 15-year-old boy in Australia on a call, and now they're pen, pa- pen pals. Hmm. And this made me think, Jab, did you have any pen pals as a kid? Oh, um, no. no. No, I didn't. No, that um... you didn't have any school programs or anything where, that, where you guys did that? No, the, the the closest I no, no definitely no. It's not even even in the same realm. No, I had no pen pals. Interesting, which yeah, is unfortunate because I think that's something I'd be into. Yeah, it was. I remember doing they they, and I don't remember enough about it. I bet I could. I I have like all my school shit saved. I was of course fucking crazy. Well, I don't know. That was a little bit my mom. I had this book that was like she ordered it from some catalog or something. It was called School Days, and it literally was the, an entire book each each. Uh, grade of school had its own two pages. One of the pages was a pocket you could stick little mementos and report cards and shit in. Um, and she like started it for me for me. Uh, so like grade one through three were her handwriting. And then when she died, I kept it going, which is kind of a cool thought wow. if you think about it. Um, even as a kid, so like you start seeing in fourth grade when I like took it over, <laughs> you know, uh, right. and I, I, I still have that with all sorts of cool shit in it. And I this is like a baby book. I take it like where, you know, kind of, first... kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. but it, it was just for school though. It started with preschool right. and, and mo- went all the way up through 12th grade. And yeah, I mean, I was even still doing it. I mean, I have my high school report cards in there. So even though I was smoking dope and being a fucking dipshit little in middle dick, school, yeah. and I still kept a little bit of a record of it. So it meant enough to me to do that, which is cool. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I bet, but within this, you had like pen pal shit. Is that I, it? I would guess that this is in either my like my first and second grade one because at Eastwood we did this. I remember, and I, and I can't remember if it was enough, uh, or I can't remember it enough rather to recall whether it was like a, you know, I I want to say they were like kids in fucking Africa or something that they pen pals up with, you know. And yeah, I remember exchanging a few letters. Which how wild is that? You know, super huh. fucking cool. Um, so yeah, I think I did have a pen pal as a little as a, a little kid ever so briefly, which is I didn't have one. Interesting. I'm gonna try and get one. You should. You probably. I bet there's a subreddit for pen pals. Fuck. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it on my own. What I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna look up a random. You know, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna look up a random house in Mongolia, and I'm gonna write them a fucking letter and see if they can get me one back. Now, I don't know that they speak English. I certainly don't speak Mongolian. But maybe they'll be intrigued enough to take it to like the university somewhere and have someone translate it. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. 
That's an amazing. That would be an amazing story, Jeff. We could write all, could do a whole it. film on just that. I could probably do a film or a book. I could probably all sorts know. of shit. Licensing opportunities would be through the roof. <laughs> again, I don't want anybody to know about me, and I don't want books, and I don't want movies. I want everyone to leave me alone. So, uh, well, I'll keep it to my. I'm going to keep my Mongolian pen pal to myself. <laughs> okay, you do that. Uh, Terry Alba is the newest member of the team. Three months in, she is. And she thinks Wonder Boy and Monsterland graphics are phenomenal. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I think they look pretty good. They're all right. They're not phenomenal. <laughs> well, you got to understand, at the time, though, you know. Even even within that even within that framework, no. Nah, nah, okay, not... and I, I know I don't like these kinds of questions. I don't think they're fair. I think they're a little bit bullshit, but I'm going to drop one on you anyways. What would be a phenomenal game? Uh, phenomenal gra- Graphic-wise? Even if you yeah. had to stay within the confines of Sega. Um, you know, fucking Afterburner is kind of cool. Uh, something just more, you know, I don't know, more high energy and aimed at realism, I guess. Like Monster Boy is, or sorry, Wonder Boy. <laughs> Monster Boy, Wonder Boy. Monster Boy. Yeah. Uh, fucking, it can't even get it right because their fucking names are so generic. But uh, <laughs> the... Uh, you know, it's like it's like a cartoony, uh, even and, and like a simple cartoony, even not even like an advanced cartoony. Like Adventures of Link is cartoony too, but it's like an advanced, a, advanced aimed cartoon rendition. Yeah, it's not as like childishy cartoony. Right. You know, yeah. So it's just they're just not phenomenal. Dude. There's just no way to call that phenomenal. I think they're pretty uh, good. I think like Mario Two would be phenomenal. Like, they wouldn't talk about Nintendo here, but yeah, Afterburner or even Outrun looks kind of like. You know, if you have to call something phenomenal in the library, that the Ghostbusters, that picture of, of Marshmallow Man we saw, that looked phenomenal. Yeah, that did look pretty good, actually. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things, I think. that, that... I, I tend to, I, I, Terry, if you're out there and listening, I, I like the graphics, too. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's young as fuck, too, phenomenal. In fact, she could even use it in a sentence properly. I probably wouldn't be able to use phenomenal in a sentence that well. <laughs> so I think she's like, dude, she's super young, like 19 or some shit. Uh just out of high school, so phenomenal is a good word usage, regardless of fucking uh, how applicable it is to the thing, uh, as long as it's in good context. Anyhow, scoreboard up next with afterburner scores. Uh, there's such disparity. <laughs> there the really scores. is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least they're not trillions, though, or billions even. Uh, you do have semi-reasonable numbers, seemingly. Uh, you get 18 million uh, as the top score, three in the eight to nine million range, and then the last one is just 800k. I wouldn't need Chris. Kudula, cute Kudula, K U D L A. Well, he got the fifth place with eight hundred and fifty-eight thousand eight hundred points. I wouldn't even want to be on this. Yeah, list. I wouldn't even want to be on the list. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, check. Fuck that. As a kid, you'd be stoked. Your name is fucking stoked. When I saw my name in the back of that goddamn Wolverine issue, <laughs> I lost my fucking mind. Like I completely lost my fucking mind. Uh, yeah, but believe. it wasn't like your fucking your letter in that Wolverine issue was. Like quantitatively, ten times worse than the next letter. And that's true, but as a kid, you can't possibly even perceive that. You're not even looking at the other letters. <laughs> In fact, I, I, I have that picture on my phone now, and I show people all the time. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what the next letter is in, in that in that issue. I have no idea what's in it. <laughs> right, because all that matters is the year in there. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure he was excited. Oh, uh, did you see here on the uh, for the uh, the Sega Spotlight on the uh, the women counselor things here in the carryover part of it on page eleven? Just like uh, was it John or Steve 
and says because of their busy schedules, the girls right. are available for calls during the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I told you that's, that, that they started doing that. That was like part of the piece now, you know. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm sure they would have been busy probably <laughs> if they if their they regular the job that they had. Yeah. Well, well, the regular job, but I'm just saying, if you put, you know, uh, a bunch of uh, women, uh, pictures of them, some of them are young and attractive, uh, would oh, have, would have been inundated by dickheads calling them. <laughs> yeah. How do I turn my Sega on again? Yeah. Okay. I want to talk to Terry specifically. <laughs> Terry, to tell me how to turn my fucking Sega on. <laughs> And I'm paying for this, so yeah, my, carry on my, the line. My, some fucking dude's dream, uh, sexual perverted dream, would have been uh, Terry turn, telling him how to turn his fucking Sega Genesis. Can you say it to me slower, Terry? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, there's but troubleshoot me, Terry. It's <laughs> not working, Terry. What's the next step? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? This is not a fucking. Um... What are those phone sex line? This is a phone, it's not a phone sex line. Uh, I was gonna call it the fucking. Uh, this is not erotica. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> way, uh, way off the rails. Next up, software checklist. Uh, fifty-two titles <laughs> and a coming soon section. They mention uh, Spy vs. Spy and the first in the Fantasy Star series. Speaking of RPGs, that's the big, uh, like Final Fantasy tier uh, RPG. Um, series that the Sega that Sega had, so that's exciting because wait, I bet this it, is gonna sound stupid. What page are you on? The next one, twelve. Oh, 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 right, right. My the, the thing I'm looking at here is it's fucked up. Okay. It's, it's it's plausible that I would lose it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Spy vs. Spy, and then Fantasy Star in there. So that and that probably I, again I haven't played that one, but uh, that game that series has so much acclaim that I bet the first Fantasy Star is good and worth playing. I right, played, you would uh, think because if there are other fantasy stars, then it right. must have been the first one that got them going. Must have worked, yeah. I mean, I tried to play, I have tried to emulate, I want to say maybe it's three or four on Genesis uh, on my little handheld, so I played it a little bit, and it's they're, they're kind of, uh, it's got a little bit of a, like a futuristic fantasy side to it that is not always kind of my thing, uh, but it was good enough to hold my attention uh, in that case to get at least... I, mean, I haven't beat it or anything, but I, I've gotten a ways into it. So I think they are good. I think it might hold up, and I'm excited about that. Right. Uh, so that's that, and then we get our tech talk uh, thing on a... It's called the Sega Sports Pad, which is a trackball controller. I and can tell. Uh, the, as soon as I saw this, the first time I saw it, I was like, using this would make me want to bang my head against the wall. <laughs> I can just tell. Yeah. Uh, I like even more notable than just how it looks is they say uh, in the copy here that it is equipped with a special microchip, microcomputer chip. Like, ooh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, asshole, everything's fucking equipped with a microcomputer. Yeah. Chip, but that's why it makes it electronic. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what makes it what it is. Uh, so it says it also says it was priced higher than their other peripherals, and I looked it up, and it was forty nine ninety nine in the eighty eight Sears Wish Book, which I don't know. I think I've told you before. You can look up. There are people who have done full scans of the eighty eight, or not the eighty eight two, but uh, many years of the Sears Christmas Wish Book, and they are a nostalgia orgasm that I cannot <laughs> I cannot recommend high, uh, highly enough. Um, there, but in this specific one, and I'll put this in the show notes. Of course, the specific page showing depicting this. But there is an arcade stick also pictured 
with it, a uh, different peripheral that appears to have, which is it's kind of weird. The buttons are on the left-hand side of the joystick, which mm-hmm. most joysticks aren't set up that way. Although I guess in, for it is on this trackball too. I didn't even think of that comparison. Yeah. But uh, anyways, the arcade stick, um, kind of their ver- what appears to be their version, if you're going to compare to NES, uh, their NES Vantage equivalent is going for $19.99 on here. So oh. $49.99 is pretty pricey compared to that for sure. Right. You know, more than twice as much. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, today dollars, that's like a hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A little more than even. Yeah. So yeah, it's fucking pricey. Must've, must've been a lot of really special microcomputer chips in there. <laughs> yeah. It fucking better be. Uh, it does have, bucks. Yeah. It does have a rapid fire function built into it. So you don't need to buy that little $30 fucking periphery or $12, but $30 today's dollars, right. uh, plug in peripheral to make it rapid fire. Um, but the, <laughs> The last Q&A item on, in this copy explaining how to enact said rapid fire might as well be written in Swahili. Try reading that. I can read that out loud right now. I'll yeah. do it right now. That's the first time I've read it, so this is, this is, uh, this is pure. <laughs> the, the question is, some friends told me that the sports pad has a rapid fire function. How is this achieved? The answer is, push the lever towards the four dots section under the word Sega on the sports pad, and then push the other lever towards control. Keep the fire button pressed down, and you'll receive multiple bullets or shots. Right. Yeah, that doesn't it make just, any sense. Yeah, it's a couple, I mean, it does make sense. It's a couple of, I mean, you, if you read it really slowly, yeah, it makes sense. But that's right. An awful I, lot. This is one of those things <laughs> where I would have to, like, have my hands on the controller and then be looking at the directions. And then <laughs> right, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, exactly. Looking back and forth between the two. Like, all right, now push the towards the Sega. Okay, and then look <laughs> yeah. at the controller and do it. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. and NES you think is- for being touted as having like, oh, hey, and it's got this rapid fire, it should just be easy. Yeah, yep, for sure. I mean, yeah, they, again, you, you want to use the NES advantage of the thing. There's a button that says turbo. Hit the button, turbo's on. And <laughs> it requires no explanation. It's, it's yeah. very obvious. Right. Intuitive, precisely. Uh, Intuitive, yeah. Yeah, so that's the fucking tech talk on the Sega Sports Pad. And we close out with the Challenge of the Sega Master Q&A thing. Sign up your friends and order our fucking shit section. Uh, The games and accessories now have all been removed from the order form. And this is... Yeah, it's just merch. So that raises the whole thing that we talked about before. Like, what prompted that change? Like, what the fuck's that about? (laughs) You know? Right. Uh, there's got to be something in here you could have cut. Well, I don't think it's it, I, 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 it's not dude, that uh, an income, a revenue source like that is not has nothing to do with magazine. They'd have made fucking room for it. That's I'm guessing I mean, right, yeah. I'm guessing it's much more so a whatever prohibitive retail relationship Nintendo would have had that prevented them from doing it. Sega now acquired, adopted, whatever. Toys R Us since acquired that. Toys R Us, honestly, as powerful as Toys R Us was back then, we've had that discussion about how integral getting to Toys R Us and deceiving them was for for Nintendo uh, by telling them it's a toy, not a game system, yada, yada, yada. Like that whole thing. Like if you can't get into Toys R Us, you aren't going anywhere. Yeah, that's it. With a toy, you know? So um, Toys R Us probably restricted you from doing that because if you're going to use our retail stores you're going to use our retail stores <laughs> right uh and that I'm, i bet is, is exactly that you know if not toys r us kb or some other comparable big chain that had had some sort of sway in, in negotiations you know yeah that, that makes a lot of sense 
Sure, for sure, for sure. It's actually uh, hard to even come up with anything. I, like, I don't know what else needs to be said. I, I actually take that as gospel at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know I have a, a preacher component to me then, uh, uh, or evan- evangelical component to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, man. Listen to a good podcast about that. Yeah, well, yeah. It's part of it. It's actually, well, it's not yeah. a fucking Margaret podcast. Anyways, no. moving on. Yeah. Uh, they do still have the VHS tape with the game previews, though, for seven bucks. Ooh, I see that, yeah. Yeah. And they also here, the last thing, is they have a draw your favorite Sega game contest, the thing they mentioned on the cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's They're not actually art at this point. It's This is the beginning of the uh, this, competition. The, the, yes, the, the prompting of it. And the prize is pretty fucking weak, just the Shinobi cap and tea. And the uh, Sega Duffel for the top prize. Which so, I really want, so it's not actually that whack. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, because you remember the Metroid art, they were giving away like an NES Advantage right. for the Metroid art, which is. <laughs> and the four special awards, which are separate from the grand prize, are Shinobi t shirts. Right. So, yeah, the consolation. So, really, all the grand prize gets is that's not the other awards is a cap and the bag, which is kind of yeah. Um so that's pretty weak, I think, comparatively to the contest Nintendo's running. But I do look forward to the entries for sure. So do I. And that closes us out on issue three of Team Sega Challenge. That little ditty is the Miracle Warriors name entry screen tune that I mentioned being the only thing I liked about that game. And that brings us into our closing sentiments. Uh, sentiments. Sentiments. Sentiments? Sentiments. 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 Still not sound right to me. We'll uh, figure it out one day, everybody. I'm sure we will. And even before, I guess, we do the nominations, like, this is our first Sega dive, and I, I, I felt that was worth talking about a little. Like, what... Uh, I mean, I already said it for me, it was kind of, you know, I, fucking mind blowing. I way better. They're way, way better than I anticipated it would be. And I did not, ex- I expected it just to be dog shit quality wise across the board, you know, really. Right. That's why I never heard of it. That was my assumption, you know, and it was not, I fucking think some of these games are fucking great. The graphics, I think the system is probably way more powerful. And if they had had the level of commitment from like a design standpoint and marketing, as we've talked about a ton as mm-hmm. Nintendo put behind it. Um, they could have had they something might've. here. Yeah, they'd have fucking had something here, you know, and that's, I don't know, that's tragic to some degree. That just goes to show, like, you know, how many great fucking ideas for inventions or whatever get shoved in a fucking drawer somewhere because, yep. you know, the guy who came up with the idea, it's a great idea, but he just didn't know how to fucking present it or sell it or whatever, and yeah, yeah, fuck, it happens, you know. Yep. Fucking bummer. Fucking bummer. Oh, well. Uh, we're here to rectify that, though, and we're going to play one of these games and give we it the are. credit that it deserves. Yes, we're going to, yeah, we're going to carry the torch for him. Uh, uh, what are your nominations for this pool of games? We're going to do what Tonka couldn't do. <laughs> um, Wouldn't be so hard to go further than them. <laughs> mine, um, mine off the, uh, well, I'll just say him. Uh, Zaxxon was one. Um, Shinobi, which I'm not feeling great about now, but it, it was my other one. And um, Wonder Boy and Monsterland. Oh, God, what a bad name. <laughs> okay. Uh, my... And then, of course, there was the RPG whose name escapes me right now, but... Miracle Warriors? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, no, we don't want to do it, dude. I promise you. I, I know, I know. It's a bummer. It's a fucking bummer. It would have been on my list for sure if it was I good. want to play RPGs. Yep. 
Me too. Uh, mine are Zillion. I also have Wonder Boy and Monsterland. And Choplifter was my other one. Ooh, Choplifter did seem good. And I actually think I was talking about Zillion. Instead Zaxxon, of yeah, Zaxxon. Zillion was the, the one where you had to write shit down and shit, yeah. That's the one. I, I Actually, yeah. Zillion was mine. Okay, so we got yeah, two overlap then. Yeah, Zaxxon, I was going to say, Zaxxon actually kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, right, sorry, it's the Z's. Yeah, I think Zaxxon was the one that was kind of like the... The... Um, Ace defense? The, the star, no, it was the Star Wars trench flying. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the 3D thing, right? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah that sucked. First uh, off, it could. The, the one that you get, the one you get mission complete at the end if you beat, I believe. <laughs> right here. Uh, even worse. Yeah. Okay. Well, fucking. Uh, I guess let's require some some fucking discussion then. So, I mean, yeah, I think. I think. Zillion... I also thought Chopper Command wouldn't be terrible, so I I could be amenable to that too. Okay. If you can sell it to me. Yeah. The. Uh, well, let's for, uh, let's first talk about the ones that we fucking have overlap on. I guess Zillion. Uh, I think Zillion's probably the deepest of any of these games. Would be my guess. Zillion has like you had. I mean, the the writing like the when you first start the game, it it asks you if you want to go through this tutorial where you have to write all these or you don't have to write them down, but it tells you, it preps you that there's all these codes and shit. And there's one actually. I, I actually posted a screen. Uh, I'll send you that too. Uh, screenshot of this uh, because one of the commands is for suicide. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it, actually, it actually says that on the goddamn screen. Holy suicide. Shit. Just suicide in quotations. And it's it's these like there's all these little computers that you gotta punch these codes into once you get the key, the applicable key cards. You need like you need to find a key card and then you also have to use the right code to enact the, the whatever this computer does for you. Um I wasn't able to actually enact any of them to see it in action, but I know I was that. gonna say, can you fucking kill yourself in that game? I think you can I think you yeah, I mean I think you I don't know. I mean I yeah, I don't I, I don't I can't fathom like what beneficial utility suicide would have. <laughs> I just wonder if that, like, and, and I, I want a disclaimer first. I am not a Japanese cultural expert. I don't know enough to even talk about it, but I'm about to do it, so I'm sorry in advance. But I know that, like, in Japan, like, suicide is, like, a, a big problem in their culture. And I wonder if, like, if just like for them, like as the game designers, if it wouldn't like, if it would just be like, yeah, of course we included like an option for right, suicide. Have, like that's a thing here. Meaning, right. Yeah. Have a different, a different cultural meaning than it like does. Like it doesn't here. have the negative stigma right. that it may in your culture. So, right. But right, still, right. it's just like, like it is, you heard my reaction. That's fucking yeah. weird. To have <laughs> yeah. Fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And, 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 and all that said, like I said, it is probably the deepest. And then you like, you definitely, I would definitely, we would definitely want that map and we would definitely have to fucking use it. And uh, that sounds interesting to me. I like that idea as much as I liked it for Metal Gear. Um, so yeah, Zillion is a very doable for me, and I think it has a lot going for it. it it's may... probably the most unique game too. It looked really unique. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Wonder Boy and Monsterland. Like I said, I I kept playing it, and like I would want to play it, but I think it would be very straightforward uh, and very uncomplex, incomplex um, as far as like what you know the thought process, the thought required in order to get through it wouldn't right. be much uh and that would kind of carry over to choplifter too i think like choplifter would be fun and very arcadey uh probably um and it looked good to me but it might be choplifter might be more of a goes on the list and fuck with it kind of thing uh then it would still i mean i think there's enough depth there to warrant a game episode it's not that it doesn't have that uh but it would just be kind of okay this is another stage where we shoot these things and pick up some prisoners and then next stage, you know, and, and I don't know how 
how interesting it would be to talk about. Um, I think of what was your third one? Uh, oh, Shinobi. My, Shinobi, Shinobi, right? Uh, yeah, Shinobi. I mean, I think Shinobi. Shinobi might be more. I mean, I considered Shinobi too. That was probably if I had a fourth one, Shinobi would have been my fourth. I think because uh, I, I think there is some depth to that. Um, probably more so than Shoplifter, although I don't think it was as fun, you know. Uh, but it has bosses and like there is like you know, in the same way that we had shit to talk about for Ghosts and uh, Goblins, uh, may uh, may it rest in peace, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and fucking uh, Wizards and Warriors, you know, it kind of has enough going on in that in that regard uh, to warrant a game episode. But right. uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be certainly the depth of, of of Zillion, I don't think. So I don't know. Yeah, how what's after hearing all that. What's your thoughts? Well, like my thought, uh, man, I I had to say one thing I kind of didn't like about Metal Gear was constantly having to refer back to the map. I don't know. It's not uh, like I felt I like know. I didn't, I didn't uh, use just looking map, back. So. I was like taking my eyes off the game a lot. And yeah. I thought that was kind of silly. Yeah. I mean. So I don't I know think... if I want to do that again with Zillion. I don't know I, if that's how it works. I don't know works. if we have to. Yeah, I don't. I mean, again, like I didn't use the map, but I think it, it's it's more uh, Metal Gear. Uh, part of the reason you have to do that is because one, it is a constant item acquisition. You're kind of like, what's the next item I need? Where's the next place I got to go? Uh, well, yeah, I got to use this key card. Where? Like, where's the next door I need to use that key card? I got to find that out from the map. It's a very like, precision-oriented thing. Yeah, and I don't know that Zillion is like that to that degree. I mean, you're checking the map, like, okay, I got to go there, and like, I think you can maybe kind of just go a little better. Uh, and it does, it just doesn't look like Metal Gear. Everything kind of looks the same, you know. It's a military, it's a very blase military environment, you know. It, everything, the jungle, all looks the same. The buildings all look the same. Uh, there's no differentiating art to it. Where I think Zillion does have some differentiating art, and everything doesn't look the same. So. I think that would be less of a problem. I mean, if that was your hindrance, I don't know that we should be worried about that necessarily. Yeah, um, because I got a lot of shit to do coming up soon, and I got shit around the house. I got a show I got to get ready for that could be as soon as in three weeks. I actually have no idea when it is, and I got like 20-something songs I got to figure out again. So, like, there's a part of me that doesn't, like, I want to play a fun game, and I'm thinking Wonder Boy for that. Right. Well, I mean, I'm the same time. I told you guys. But at the same time, like, it's a fucking platformer, you know? Like, it's, you know, well, like, we ran into this issue with the last game episode where we just, like, like, how do we talk about Metal Gear? Right. And I feel like we would end up doing that with Wonder Boy, whereas Zillion's unique enough to, like, we wouldn't even have to necessarily, like, there could be a gameplay section, and then we could talk about the other, like, aspects of the game, you know? Right. It seems like sure. there's more there to unpack than... Just yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, without a doubt, without a, Although, Wonder Boy is not... I mean, Metal Gear had a lot of items, too, but Wonder Boy has the items, you know, you're picking up stuff, uh, but there is a lot of platforming stuff that is, you know, kind of just straightforward, too, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, I, on that same dude, I mean, I... I the reason we're doing this today instead of tomorrow like we normally would is because I start a fucking I have a job starting tomorrow that goes a fucking few weeks and I start shooting a film on the 30th so yeah I'm also anticipating that I'm going to be in production on a film when we're supposed to shoot our next one so or record our next one so it'll be inter- I don't know enough to know about my schedule 
then mm-hmm. to know if it'll be a problem or not. But we may be fucking moving that around too uh, for that. So yeah, I, I similarly have zillion could be a lot for me too, uh, as much as I want to play it. So right. I don't so know, let's man. let's let's try this out. Let's do this. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna count to three, and then we're gonna say the game that we want to play. Okay. And if it matches up, then the fucking conversation's done. If not, we got to keep talking. Okay. All right. So it'll be right. one, two, three, blah. Yeah, like like paper, rock, scissors, almost. Well, that that some people get weird on that, and they don't know how to play the game. But that's why I'm setting the rules now. It's going to go one, two, three, game. Right. Okay. Here we go. Right. One, two, three, zoom. Wonder boy. <laughs> God damn it. I had a little bit of an anxiety attack as you were counting off there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I I think that Zillion should be the game because can, there's gonna okay, be okay. I can do Zillion. Let's do Zillion. I there's enough I, to I, I want to do. I want to do Zillion more. Or here's the thing: if it sucks, then we'll have plenty of to talk about why it sucks. If Wonder Boy, for instance, was good or bad, it would just be a good or bad platformer. That's true. That's true. Um, and everyone knows what that means. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I, yeah. I, I I I want to do Zillion more. Uh, I was. Uh, concessioning yeah, for Wonder Boy there, so out of it. Yeah, I mean, and like I know that I should be playing Wonder Boy because I have all this shit to do, but I'm an idiot. So we'll figure we'll figure it out, I'm sure. All right. right, fucking a zillion zillion is the next game episode. It's Fantastic. funny because that's the worst fucking cover art. Shouldn't have drawn <laughs> anyone in, but it did. <laughs> yeah, we are. I can't wait. I can't wait to drop that on our key art for that for the episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. All right. So. That closes us out here on episode seven of the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean, anywhere else. And as we mentioned in the opening, please rate slash leave positive shit in a review for the pod on whatever platform you do listen to. That helps us out a lot. You can follow the pod on Facebook. And you can email us at isohpodcast at gmail.com if you want to talk shit to us privately. The Twitch is kind of dead now because you can't really upload videos. So I've moved everything over to YouTube as far as our my gameplay videos go for the most part. Um, and that's at youtube.com forward slash Josh Fulham. We'll be in the show notes. Don't need to memorize it. We have our Discord always going. You can look up also in the show notes. Jab, what are your socials? I don't have any and you shouldn't either. Right, and my socials are: you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Folan on on Instagram at my shift key is broke, and okay, bye. See you.